0: Demons, be gone. Be gone, demons. Be gone. Leave
1: this studio.
0: Leave this planet. Leave our universe.
1: Leave. This is legit sage from a Native American woman. Wow. So we're, we're purifying this room. Wonderful. Um.
0: Oh, money, but me. Oh, money, but me. Please,
1: God, bless this room. And Odin, too, just in case they were wrong. That's what I was referring to. They abandoned to. Odin. He was around first, you know? You got to think of all the gods that everybody believed in, and they're like, I'm not so sure about Thor. And yeah. And then, then they let him go. What if Thor was legit,
0: right? And he's still out there, just like somebody Fucking who just pissed. fell out of fame as a god? Yeah.
1: He's like, don't you fucker see the lightning?
0: Yeah. That's me
1: throwing bolts. He's like one of those guys and you go to Vegas and you see one of those billboards for a strange casino and you're like, oh, that guy. Yeah. (laughs) Tony Orlando and Dawn. I remember them. Thor's at the Mirage. Thor. (laughs) Thor's doing a residency. (laughs) You motherfuckers, check out the thunder. (laughs) That's actually caused by atmospheric conditions. No, you fucks. Thor's on cameo. make that. (laughs) Can you imagine, who had a someone had a really good point about that. Some some atheist was arguing against religions. It might have been Sam Harris, probably it was Sam Harris. It might have been Richard Dawkins, but he basically said there's 99 different gods that people who believe in the Christian God don't believe in, and then he goes, atheists just take it one step further. They just get rid of the We're last. <laughs> we just one got away. <laughs> That's what he was saying. That's cool. Yeah, There's I these... I get confused with being an atheist all the time. I don't. I do not believe I'm an atheist. I I believe I am. Uh, I'm open to everything, person. I don't believe stories about people coming back from the dead, and I don't because they're written by people,
0: right? Yeah, man. I mean. That's right. And also, they're supposed to function on more than the surface level. They're supposed to be a kind of fractal that has inside of it a lot of, like, symbols related to just human existence. Yes. not They're not meant to be so much, like, taken literally, literally. that's yeah. where you, that's when you embarrass yourself on either side
1: exactly the, on either side that's a really good point it's and it's, the translations apparently are so difficult to do yeah the, apparently the tra- especially old testament when they translate the old testament they had to translate it I mean, think of all the different languages it had to go through it was sure. latin and greek and german and english and all these different languages that are so different like have you ever used the the translate button like uh, i follow a lot of russian fighters oh. and they you know and they're uh Instagram feed—they write in Russian, and right. I'm always like, "Oh, translate." It's a really cool feature. You could, but you can tell it's not exactly what they meant because it's all fucked up because their language is different. Right, like the way they structure sentences is yeah. different. So English doesn't just plug and play. Right. You know, it's like sticking a USB three into a USB
0: A. Like, yeah. hey, this doesn't really fit. Right. Now c- add time. Ugh. Add thousands of years and scrolls and And like kings who wanted things changed. Yeah. The The King James version. Right. It's the best. That's my favorite one to read on acid. That's the (laughs) one King James book of John, Uh, baby hit that on acid. It's so wonderful. It's so trippy because it's like, that's when I really like Christianity clicked for me, regardless of it's. Uh, whether it's real or not. But that's when I was like, oh, okay, I get this. Because the book of John, when you read it, you're like, well, someone wrote it. I don't know who wrote it. And whoever fucking wrote this, their mind was blown, man. Like this wasn't written by someone who was just like a normal person. This is a person who was freaking out in the most (laughs) intense way. And so to me, that's what I love about it is it's like something about the how old it is and the distortions, the historical distortions, the warping of it, produce this kind of awesome glitched out mosaic of, if nothing else, human consciousness 5,000 years ago, where our minds were, that's trippy by itself, regardless of whether or not a person who could like graze the dead and walk on water was walking about, just holy shit, here's how people thought back then. Yes,
1: yes, yeah. I mean, all the stuff that you can't prove or you don't know—that's interesting. It's weird. It's weird the, where those stories came from and why they're so universal. Like someone has to. Everyone has like a creator. Everyone has like a main dude that yeah. did the thing, and you know. And there's some other people that have like large groups of gods, like the Greeks had gods for everything. The native, a lot of Native Americans had gods for everything.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Animism. It's in. in and yeah. like I've talked to people who make. Uh, who produce electronic music and some of them s- apply, say that the computers have a life in them a sentience, a spirit inside their computer so there's a collaboration happening mm. that isn't one-sided when they're making stuff it's wow. like working with like the spirit within the machine which is pretty trippy, man. Like, why do
1: they? Th- do they? But this is based on input or the way they react to the, when they're putting in the input to the thing. They think the thing is responding to them. Yeah,
0: it's it's yeah. They think that there's a it's a, it's alive. That like it's standard keyboards or this just electronic stuff. Uh, I know someone who makes visual art on their computer, their laptop. Oh. That you in that like or you know, do you have an Alexa? You probably don't. Do you have no. a, an Echo? Like. Sometimes I'll realize the way I'm talking to that thing is like, really impolite, you know? (laughs) Like, next song, next song! That's
1: kind of fun. Yeah. It's fun to yell at robots. Yeah, it's (laughs) someone, yeah,
0: it is fun to yell at robots. It is. You know,
1: it's really funny. I made fun of this, but there is a point to this. PETA had uh, a statement that they put out. A while back, because these dudes from Boston Dynamics were kicking the fuck out of these robots, <laughs> they're trying to oh, figure yeah. out. <laughs> they're trying to figure out how to get these robots to fall over, and they're trying. They're, make, they're making these insanely durable robots. Like this, if you take scientists and engineers and you say, "Hey, I want you guys. Here's a shit ton of money. I want you guys to make the dopest robots you can make. Like they're gonna make robots you can kick, and it's not a living thing." So, but PETA released some statement saying they didn't think it's cool to kick robots. What? <laughs> That's not real. Yes, That's it's gotta real. be real. No, it's real. It's real. It's real. What? Yes. They were think I think the statement I'm paraphrasing was something to the effect of there's other things that are more important, but it's still not cool to kick robots. <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ, that's a tattoo right there, man. But
1: it just shows you what'll happen when robots become alive. Because those fucking traitors, those people, those people that think that robots are alive and they're, they're us—yeah, the, those emotionless things that have no place in our world with power—they're supposed to be things that we control. Yeah. As soon as you let them control themselves and you try to pretend they're a person, they're just gonna wipe it out.
0: Yeah, man. Can you imagine? I'm not gonna try to kick one of those oh. fucking DARPA bots. Those They'd things have, are terrifying. They
1: would have a record of it. They would always remember. That this one kicks robots. It's in the cloud. Yeah, and then they'll show it to you one day when some super sophisticated genius god robot sits you down on a couch and shows you you kicking these yeah. unbeknownst to you sentient robots. Yeah. They were just trying to fucking figure out what am I? What am I? I'm like a ba-. They were like little babies and you're kicking them. <laughs> <laughs> so the robots. The robots are very, very upset at you in the future.
0: They might just reanimate your ass and just show you over and over that clip of you kicking the fucking yes, robot. Yes.
1: Dude. Did you see what Trump tweeted? No. He tweeted and deleted. It's fucking hilarious. He said, uh, checks are coming to everyone in America except the people who used hashtag not my president. I wouldn't want to offend you <laughs> with a check from someone that's not your president. Oh <laughs> Something to that effect. See if you can find that. Holy and then shit. And then it wrote hashtag MAGA afterwards. I mean, he just dunked on them. The president dunks on people.
0: Yeah. And who? I want to know who the tweet deleter is.
1: <laughs> Could, well, someone in his department was probably like, Mr. Trump,
0: that's not a good idea. Do they have a siren that goes off? <laughs> you got to delete yeah. that. Yeah, man. I know the president can delete tweets. How much is he going to send?
1: I think, uh, I think they wanted to give like $1,000 a month or something like that to Americans. Is that the idea, Jamie? hurt lots of things. I don't know, up to two thousand. I don't know if Bernie's saying they should give two thousand a month. Yeah. I don't know. So it's gotta be two thousand. Everybody, but if you give everybody two thousand dollars a month, it's a good thing. But everyone's gonna go, hey, you could have done this the whole time. That's right. What do you wait a minute? If you just raise taxes, can you just give people money? Can you just give people more money? And if I'm not saying we should do this, but imagine if that was the solution to all this. If you just give people more money, everything just sort of levels out and yeah. relaxes. I Crime drops, everything drops, drug abuse drops.
0: Well, I mean, they've got to know that when people don't have work, they don't have money with no money, they can't support their family. That's when the riots start. Yes. That's people when they catch on fire. They know that. So the, it's like a bribe to try to keep people from rioting until... Whatever the fuck or, this thing is passing. You could
1: look at it that way. Or it's giving people a different environment to exist in, one that doesn't leave them hostile. So right. instead of looking at it like a bribe, look at it like, you know what? I see what a lot of your problem is. We're not You're not asking for affluence. You could barely get by. But if it was easy to get by, if you could just get by, and then you could pursue other things, yeah. would that be better for society? And that was like what Andrew Yang was suggesting, if this whole automation revolution took place and everything started getting automated yeah. and no one had a job anymore. It, there might be something to that. There might be something to that now even. You know, the, the question is like, what are what are you happy your your taxes get used for? You know, you sh- it's almost like you should be able to vote on that. Like the one thing that we don't get real direction on, right, like in terms of like what, what the country actually wants, but if we could all just individually vote on things like that, like where's where's my taxes go? I right. want my taxes to go 100% to education. Right. I want to make that cut, and you know, you guys got to figure out what to do with the rest of the money. But if but you did my that, my money, I wanted to go towards education.
0: But then nobody, or the people who would be paying for war and pl- prisons and shit, would just be like BDSM people. Well, how about the salaries? How about the salaries of politicians? <laughs> How oh, about the, the money that they that make doing tours
1: and all that kind of shit?
0: Private jets. All that shit. It's crazy. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Also, like, the loose connection between the state and corporations yeah. and the way it's just all kind of merging together right now. And also, you know, it appears to be kind of the apocalypse at the moment. Like,
1: well, it's, in- it's, if it's not the apocalypse, I don't think it's the apocalypse. I think it's just a dangerous, dangerous illness. But it's definitely a dress rehearsal. It's a dress rehearsal for fucking people are going to become preppers. It is going to be amazing for the toilet paper industry. They're going to, they're going to experience a banner year. If but you got toilet paper stock, you're riding high
0: right now. Do you remember, the, I don't know if you, if you had this experience, but like I can remember sitting at my computer and pressing the button on Amazon where I wanted to buy something. And it's like, this isn't available right now. In that moment of like, what? It's my button that brings me things. And then like suddenly just realizing like, oh my fucking God. How completely weak have I become that I got accustomed to pressing this button and people would bring groceries to my house. Yeah. And now they don't. Now it's like stopped. Not only that, I'm so accustomed to like, well, you know, I'll just go to the grocery store and pick up some food. It's always been there. It's not there. Dude, I had an Instacart delivery today, you know, cause we wanted to get stock up on food. Oh, $200 worth of food. Guess what I got? Strawberries, hummus, and I think we got like, I don't know, some like eggs. That's it. Out of the whole order, everything else was sold out. All <sighs> the beef gone, all the chicken gone. Nothing's there. It's like the the shelves are empty. So it's like, okay, send everybody two thousand dollars a month, but what are they gonna buy if there's like no food on the shelves? Like, what? what well, do you... I think
1: that was a temporary freak out where people stockpiled stuff, and I think as long as food keeps getting delivered on a normal schedule, I think that'll normal out.
0: I hope so, man.
1: Yeah, I, th- I do. I think that'll normal out, but. It just shows you there's so many things in our society that are amazing, like grocery stores, like cell phones, like we can call each other, all this, t- but those things are so fragile. Yeah. They're like they're they're so vulnerable like if, a, if an emergency happens and everyone wants to call at once the cell phone system can't handle it Yeah Like it's not like you have a phone and you can call anytime you want and I have a phone I can call anytime I want and everyone in the world has a phone they can call anytime they yeah. want No, if everybody does that the system is not set up to handle that That's right If everybody does that like ah, Like that's why if there's an earthquake or a tsunami
0: or anything everyone's fucked it's yeah. so hard to make phone calls. Yeah. It's not going to get through. Yeah. Well, dude, I just heard on NPR that so many people were requesting unemployment, that it's crashed systems in several oh, states. That's Because this is the real problem. One of my friends was saying, he's like, you know, a lot of people are running out of money tomorrow. They're bartenders, anyone yeah. in the service industry, all the people who work at the comedy store. Yeah. It's not like, I mean, how many of them had a lot of money like stored up? None of them. So what, what happens now when there's no food on the shelves? Yeah, We got to help them. We're yeah. we,
1: um, I've been a um, text message thread with uh, Whitney Cummings and Nick Swartz and then And we're talking about that very thing right now, like how to do it and how to set up a fund. It needs to be done for sure. Um, you know, people that can help should help. This is not a normal time. This is not a time where people are lazy. This is a time where the whole world got fucked real quick. Yeah, Yeah. We weren't ready for it, and uh, we're going to have to come together. But this is a good time for people to recognize the importance of community. It's a terrible time for humanity. It's a terrible time for us and terrible time for the people that are sick. But it's a really good time for us to understand why community is important. We live in this illusionary world that's provided to us by the culture that we've created where you can just buy things anytime you want. You don't need people, you come home, you watch Netflix, you don't engage with anyone, you get in your car, you barely say hi to anybody at work, we're detached from each other. And this is the only time ever in life We've been detached from each other, and we're being detached by these goddamn electronics. Yeah. They're sneaking up on us. Yeah. Electronics right. and cars, which is also, you know, it's, an, it's also a creation, a mechanical creation. And now more than ever, they're driving computers.
0: Yeah, man. It's true. What I'm trying to say is Ted Kaczynski was right. Oh, my God, we all know that. He was did, right. Do you ever read his manifesto? No, I'm scared it's catchy. Yeah, man, it's so fun. <laughs> That's I went through a period of, like, doing ketamine and, like, trying to watch the worst thing. I, like, yeah. Charles Manson, uh, Kaczynski. And, uh, yeah, it is, you know, it is a little bit, like, kind of interestingly not that off. But then the tone is so imperial or something when you're reading yeah. it. There's, like, this, it's a manifesto. That's how you have to write it, yeah. you know? But the one thing uh, my wife is part of like some like it's called a mommy group. So it's like a connection of, online of all these mommies and on like all over L.A. And what they do is they post people will post shit they need. So like one of the moms just had a kid. They don't have any wet wipes. And so then all the other moms will be like, oh, we've got wet wipes. And then right now they're just leaving them on the door. Oh, that's so a people come nice. and get them. So it's like I think. The community thing is exactly right yeah. but also people have to maybe transcend money for a second and figure out ways to set up in their community like what do you need what do i have and then start some form of like trade or just giving people you know there was someone who set up a toilet paper exchange <laughs> i don't in la <laughs> where he was just like if you have extra toilet paper bring it and then he had toilet paper and he was just giving it out to people who are, well, you know, that's, I think that's the sort of thing we're going to have to start doing if we can. Yeah. You know, it's like right now there's old people who, they they can't do shit, man. They can't do
1: anything. They're terrified. They can't even get yeah. online. If you know them, you got to help them. And this is, uh, you know, this is a weird time for us, but it's a time for us to reset. You know, it's not, it's not good. I'm not saying it's good, but I'm saying there's a, we can get a positive out of this. Yeah. The people that make through the people that make it through, we can get a positive out of this, and the positive is, community is important. It's really important, and it it seemed like it wasn't important because it seemed like we had everything set up, so you didn't have to engage with people. It's not the right way to do it. It's not good for anybody. No, no, that, that kind of life is not good, and the detachment that we have. I mean, that's why why do you think people have road rage on the highway? You know, when they're they're locked in their little box, right. separated from people in a way that they they but they wouldn't have it in person. Yeah. there was just I mean it's only a thin piece of metal and glass separating you from these people. Yeah. But is, with that there's the other added factor of the heightened senses because you're driving fast and you realize you might have to make quick movements. So dumb things people do are elevated. Yeah, that's right. They're even more dumb.
0: Yeah. But
1: it's also that you're detached. You're you're in these
0: boxes. Right. It's like a weird dream. We've done weird shit to each other. Yeah. Because of that. We're all gummed up in that way it's like something it's like it's like a fungus that grew on the circuitry of society and started Mm -hmm. or it's like you know when they talk about the uh dolphins and the whales being fucked up by the high-tech sonar they're using and washing up on the beach because the sonar is messing up their ability to communicate with each other it's like there's this kind of technological sonar that has completely made us disconnected from The Earth, essentially, like our Earth connection has been replaced by a technological connection. Now, technology comes from the Earth, but we're talking about a secondary thing compared to, you know, your feet touching the ground. Being around another human and, like, recognizing them as having exactly the same thing you have, which is they want to be happy. You know, feeling the connection between people when you're with someone. I mean, I don't know if you've ever done that, but... Just like the next time you're around anybody that you're like buying shit from, or that you normally just kind of go by, feel that that connect. You can feel it. There's an energetic connection that you can feel there. That's easy to overlook. Yeah, we we've lost the biggest one, which is through light
1: pollution. I think every night people were humbled and re- reminded of the majesty of the universe when they looked up and saw the infinite skies on a clear night. Yeah, the infinite stars, just the the whole Milky Way. You could see the whole thing. Yeah, you know, and there's parts of the country where there's plenty of darkness and you could literally see the whole Milky Way, and it, it makes you think like. Oh, our ancestors saw this fucking freaky shit all the time. We decided to shut off the greatest art the world has right. ever known because we want to be able to see better at night. Yeah, the greatest art, uh, uh, an art that literally not not just has inspired science and wonder to and, and fueled it right, but also has, has kind of always put people in place, always just just understand. This is not a backdrop. It's not a tapestry. The up there is madness. It's forever. And you're not protected. There's just a thin layer of gas between you and the universe, which is infinite. You're this tiny little speck of nothingness in this impossible to understand spans of planets and stars that just goes on forever, yeah. literally forever, and we're one little tiny piece of it and we're being held here with a spin and some air. <laughs> oh! yeah. And there's a giant fucking fireball in the sky that keeps us alive. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a million times bigger than the Earth. Yeah, and it's right there. And this is, this is the reality that we live in. It is almost too crazy. To put in your consciousness on a daily basis, so we forget about it all the time It's the one of the most important things about our existence here is that we're a part of the universe Yeah, it's not just that we're in you know fucking Sherman Oaks or we're hanging out in Montana No, we're right there connected in the universe the- And it doesn't get brought up and one of the reasons is because we don't see it we don't fucking freak out. You, if you go to the country, go right. camping, you fucking freak out. You're like, wow. You see the stars. You're like, this is fucking nuts, man. You can see them all. It's it's a reset button. It changes how you feel about
0: life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also it seems like a lot of us have forgotten that we're going to die on top of all that. I mean, yeah. not only are you like looking up at this void filled with stars, but the thing you are is temporary and that to me is you know the other day i'm like just washing dishes during this fucking pandemic and i'm thinking to myself man i feel so lucky to be washing dishes right now i'm alive i'm healthy Mm. this is fucking it was a different kind of washing dishes than a week ago when i was able to or two weeks or before this shit started when i could order anything i fucking wanted off the internet it, it, suddenly I'm in a different world. Like this is a world where, well, we got to wash these dishes because, man, if I get like, if bugs come, I don't know if I want to call an exterminator right now. I don't know how many people I want in my house right now. <sighs> I don't know what this shit is. So it's like suddenly these are what you're experiencing is this kind of like, um, well, what does it say in the Bible that we both love so much? Uh, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I think you could easily translate that to. Understanding your place in the universe sh- should produce a kind of positive fear and trembling. Yeah. Not like you're, you're anxious or terrified, right. but just a kind of like, whoa, this doesn't last. Nothing about this lasts. And right now, everyone around the planet is getting a firsthand glimpse of that very truth, right?
1: Yeah, all this, at once. One big dose. One
0: big dose of it all at once. Man. One big
1: dose for people to recognize how much of what they concentrate on a daily basis, how much of what fills their consciousness is shit. Yeah. It's utter nonsense. Yeah. And we got tricked. We yeah. got tricked into thinking it would go on forever, and now we know it's not going to. And, now we know, right. hey, look, this is a this is a terrible thing, but relatively speaking. Compared to super volcano asteroid impact it's compared to something solar flare Something really crazy that can happen and blow out all the power. Yeah. which is a hundred percent a possibility solar flares are 100% a possibility and for people to not recognize that yeah. and, and just go through their life it's just because we 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 look at life as if what we've experienced while we're alive is the norm But it's not, it's not the norm. It's just hard for you to recognize that your life is so short. Your life is so short that when they're measuring all the different catastrophes that have happened over the earth, whether it's proven sites of asteroid impacts or proven sites of volcano eruptions or all these different things that have happened for sure and wiped out millions of people all over the world. They happen over a time span that's too big. Yeah. Our head doesn't get in there. Our right. head doesn't go, What? what is thir- 13,000 years is <laughs> just some scratches on some paper in my head, my stupid head, yeah. I don't know what 13,000 years means. I, I can't, I can't do it. But 13,000 years ago they think, and there's more and more evidence every day, that there was some big impact on earth yeah and who who fucking knows how many of those humans have gone through who knows for the the what I think scientists believe what, what is it um, it's like 300,000 plus years we've been this right isn't the idea Homo sapien something like that yeah something like that right bro that ain't shit right that's so short. That's so short, just in the time that the the Earth has been here, in the four point whatever billion years the Earth has been here, and that's so short in terms of the almost 14 billion years the known universe has been here, all of it's madness. Every single step along the way is madness, but we get stuck. In these little time periods where nothing changes. And so we think that this is life. So we've built all these houses that only can work on electricity. How many fucking people have a real fireplace in their house that live in cold places? Yeah, man. They're banning those now. Right. So if they're banning fireplaces because they don't want to start fires, that's great as long as you can ensure the gas and the power is going to stay on. And I don't think you could do that. Yeah, we man. just think you can because you've done it for 100 years. That's right. That's the thing, yeah. 100 years isn't shit. 100 years, the industrial revolution, the roaring 20s from, from then to today. Yeah. Let's go 150, let's get crazy. That ain't shit, Yeah. that ain't shit. The, to, to say this is how things are every day <laughs> is so dumb. It's especially to say with, in terms of the earth, natural disasters, s- space anomalies, like so, not even anomalies things that happen, like solar flares. They happen all the time, man.
0: Yeah, man. Well, I mean, and shit we don't even know. That's the other thing. We don't know all the sum, all the data in the universe. We don't know that there isn't something called like a quadtreesian ripple <gasps> that happens every, you know, 16 million years. That Call just... Sean Carroll right now. <laughs> it's a need, ripple. I need information. You know, do you know that poem Ozymandias? Ozymandias? Yeah. It's no. by Shelley, I think. It's like, I don't know, I don't have it memorized, but the Basically, it's like the poem is about someone who sees the broken legs of a statue in the desert, and written on a plaque is, "My name is Ozymandias, ruler of rulers, king of kings. Behold my works, ye mighty, and despair." All because <laughs> it's just the broken legs. It's Jesus like Christ. all you motherfuckers who think you have power, who think you have all this control. It's like. We don't, like, I guarantee, of course, like in ancient Egypt, there was probably, I'm not talking about the Pharaoh, but there's at least like a thousand dudes who are like, I'm like the hot shit in Egypt and they're mm. going to remember me for a long time it's like we don't know who you are it's all gone eradicated wiped out and this to me is like one of the really side effects of this thing this technology thing is we've all become completely self-obsessed self-absorbed putting our images out there making sure that our profiles are updated making you know what I mean like we have yeah. this insane idea of like we're so deeply rooted in our identity and Instead of in the connections between our identities that we're all the only way that we can finally see how connected we are is some motherfucker eats a bat and, <laughs> you know what i mean so <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: fucking weird dude I you know what's really cr- crazy
1: man think of this if, if technology really did have an effect on the programming of human beings, and if human beings interacting with technology think we're intera- in- innocently interacting with a, a non sentient thing, but all the while, this technology and and you could call te- we we get confused and we think the technology is like a digital clock or a television or a computer, it is, but it's also like a fish hook, right? Like so, that, that somebody it's innovation. Someone yeah. someone had to figure that out, and imagine creating an ape that is aware of its environment like this is like really the perfect storm aware of its environment but obsessed with itself knows <laughs> in the back of its head that it's it's temporary that it's a it's it's got a finite lifespan but lives like it's going to live forever yeah. and lives in the moment lives in the moment and w- ac- qu- wants to acquire things like it seems the number one goal for the you know the uber wealthy or the uber successful the Jeff Bezos types characters right who are on the top of the food chain financially yeah. they want to acquire things yeah they're always acquiring things which means that people have to make things which means they're like they're like they're a big consumer <sighs> as right. well as, as as someone who's is making a, a shit ton of money right. And this also fuels innovation, because you gotta keep up with these people. Gotta keep giving them bigger and better things every year. So it, all, this, all these resources go into innovation of technology. It's the thing that progresses quicker than anything. Right. Look at cell phones every year. I need a 150 megapixel camera, or you're a loser. Yeah. You're a loser. Yeah. You know, these fucking Samsung phones that have like seven inch screens now, everyone's going crazy, right? right. But what is the goal though? The goal is to make better shit. And the goal along the way of like this goal is um, it's working, but you know it'd be even better if we made it so they don't touch each other anymore. If we maybe if we could come up with a disease where Easy. they can't shake hands, nice. they don't they don't come close. Right. And yeah, just keep them a little further apart from each other. It'll make them more interested in the things, more interested in the technology, yeah. more more separate from each other, and encourage technology that connects them with each other. So through technology, they'll, they'll f- find this human longing for contact that they've been missing in their life. They're gonna get an emulated version of it, but that emulated version of it is just gonna keep getting better, and it's gonna keep getting better, and it's gonna get to a point where it's better than real life, way better than real life, because you're like Jumanji. You get to be the rock. You know, you, know, you, you get to be the, 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 like a superhero. Like in, you, could, you could live a magical life with no boundaries of physics. And that they're going to do that. People are going to do that. They're going to give in. If I was a, a life form that was trying to haunt another life form and trick it into giving birth to me, that's, I would create a person. I'd create people, People, we're like some fucking ant. We're like some ant that's manufacturing our successors. That's what we are. And we don't even know what we're doing, just showing up every day, look at my fucking watches, I got all these diamonds, ching ching ching, bling bling bitches, my house is bigger than the rocks. (laughs) The rocks house is this big, my house is this big. Like, I mean, that's that's what people are doing, that's what (laughs) we're doing. We're just buying more shit and one good thing, of Something like this anytime a tragedy happens people bond together afterwards It's a terrible thing that it happened. Yeah, but it for the victims and the family members of the victims We all know this but it it can be a good reset for us sure. Economically people are gonna have to get through it. That's gonna be the most difficult part. Yeah, it is. but I think there's there's gonna be an opportunity for us to just Assume a nicer stance towards our neighbors and towards our friends and towards our community. And instead of embracing this idea like you better get guns because they're coming, maybe we can all come together
0: instead well, of that. I think people n- need to find – if that's going to happen, then we've got to find a better metric for whether things are right or wrong yeah. than the news. Yes. We need something to – retune ourselves like we're right now we're tuning the guitar of our identities to these to like the most terrifying shit which is the news or like what people are saying and so if that's if and i think many people have become so accustomed to getting their idea of what's happening in reality from the tv instead of from like how they feel inside what's going on with their friends and their family that puts people at an incredible disadvantage because their pond is being rippled by shit you know i was thinking it's like um what are those little not prairie dogs those they stand and look around at the hawks you know what i'm talking about what are those things called they're like they're social little marmots or something like that, oh, okay. you know, there was a show like lemur palace I don't remember what they're called <laughs> something, but they're like they're like uh,
1: they're really cute. I see them at the zoo They're
0: fucking adorable. Just,
1: they're must one of the most adorable animals ever they
0: stand and look yeah. somehow They ignore all the humans around them and just look in the sky for a hawk. It's yeah. kind of sad But that's their life though, but imagine if that one looking for the hawk Had like the internet and could see hawks thousands of miles away <laughs> How anxious all of them would be, because he would always be like, get underground, get underground, get underground. Right. So, you know, I think this this is what has happened is that we're all constantly being told. I mean, I remember when I was growing up in the old days when the news had an alert. That was serious. Some serious shit went down. Yep. you would be what the fuck. Fox News or any of the news stations they have an alert like every four minutes now. Alert. Alert. And it's all telling us just what you're saying. Get underground go inside. Go inside. Danger out here. Danger out here. And so we're all like even before this shit we were huddled up a little bit. Now we can rationalize the huddling, you know? And that's what we're doing. We're just huddling inside right now. That's an incredibly vulnerable place to be. I mean, I'm not going to get conspiratorial here, but you if know.
1: I was the artificial intelligence and I was about to hit the switch and become sentient, I would want to I would want to remove the threat of human beings as much as possible before I hit the switch. Put them in. And this is the best way, you make them sick.
0: I'm about to give birth.
1: Make them them get sick, confuse them, keep them poor, and then boom, it comes out of nowhere. And then what? Then they just start eating us, because we're fuel.
0: They're not gonna eat us, (laughs) I think Do you know who came up with a.
1: do you know that was a a DARPA project? What? E-A-T-R robots. They were robots that survived on biological, air quotes, biological material. So like maybe they could eat plants, or babies. I'm Whatever's gonna, around. I need a friend at DARPA. <laughs> I, I mean, they made robots that eat tissue. This uh, this is. Uh, do robots eat people? Please Eater tell me does, that's not. And it's a corpse-eating robot. Yes, bro. What? Yes. Why it would you paint
0: it playground colors? It
1: literally will use. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who at DARPA is like painting <laughs> like a playground set?
1: <gasps> so true. Look at it. The colors. It's ridiculous. It Looks
0: like a kid's toy.
1: It should look like a vulture. It should be, like, red and black like a vulture.
0: Yeah, it should definitely be black, red, lightning bolts With on the a, side. A nice not...
1: patina, like a ward-out patina, like it's just going through the battlefield, eating bodies.
0: Can you imagine getting eaten by a thing that looks like a Tonka
1: truck? <sighs> can you imagine trek? if you're not quite dead and it starts chewing you feet first? I mean, how does it determine whether or not you're dead? What if you can make it? What if you're just out cold? What if you got knocked out and it's like a movie, you wake up in the battlefield. I mean, there's a bunch of movies where that happens, right? Sure. You guys aren't really dead. They're just badly injured. These motherfuckers. Yeah. There's a video right down below of us talking about it. <laughs> Just freaked out by Eater Robots. this happened more than once. I'm fucking terrified of those things. Just the idea that someone made something that can eat people. Well, listen, folks. The technology that existed in like early cell phones, right? Like yeah. if, if someone made a, an early Motorola phone with a camera. All that stuff got into everything now. You're, there's so many things that can take pictures now and so many phones that can take pictures If They develop one robot and one like proof of concept where something could be fueled on dead bodies You don't think other people are gonna make those too? You don't think they're gonna get better? They're gonna get better And then when we do go to war with the robots and these big giant bulletproof metal one's just eating us And using us as fuel oh. we, We're gonna be like what have we done? What have we done? We, we've created a thing that eats people and yeah. even if it's just the baby right now, that thing could evolve to become something that literally is a, the thing of nightmares in a Stephen King movie. Sure. Where it's just running around looking for people, eating people. It's sure. a Black Mirror episode gone wrong. Man. all right.
0: I, the, the To me, I just like to think about the meeting where the guy was like, last night I woke up in the middle of the night with I got this it. idea. I got it, y'all. <laughs> What if we make a robot that devours corpses? And somebody was like, you know what? I kind of like that, Jake. Let's, uh, let's put 50 million into that project, see what we could do.
1: <sighs> Jesus. Yeah,
0: just imagine, like, this is the other thing, man, is, like, we, we somehow imagine that that thing that made Genghis Khan Genghis Khan is, like, now out of people. Like, there isn't somebody on the planet right now that has the same ambition as a warlord, Mm. you know, we somehow forget that, see, I I don't, I just think people don't understand that like, there's this idea that the world leaders are just, you know, humanists and that they're have our, you know, the interest of humanity is the first thing they're thinking about when they wake up every day. We don't know that some of them aren't interested in the same thing every conquering warlord has been interested, which is like, can. Maybe we could take over the planet. I wonder if there's a way. And, you know, imagine if you ended up president of the United States or, like, president of Russia, president of any powerful wherever. You know, maybe when you were high one night, I don't know if they get high, but I would, you know. Or maybe when you're, like, just, like, thinking, wouldn't it flicker through your mind kind of like, I wonder if there would be a way to take over the world. I wonder if there's a way that I could become— the king of earth. Because, you know, when you look up there in the sky, I'm sure there's many earths out there that have one king, one ruler, someone who conquered the entire planet, someone who figured out a way to do it to like, just why couldn't you? That's the other thing. I mean, what's stopping that from happening one day? There being one primary authority, some imperial majesty. We are
1: all one, Duncan. I know. Yeah, if we were all one, but we just have to get rid of some of our laws. Other people are not gonna accept our laws, okay? We just gotta tighten that up a little bit and we can have one ruler of the whole planet. Yeah. And we're gonna fix everything by working together. We're gonna evenly distribute resources. It's gonna be better this way. I don't know about the distribution of resources. You're gonna have to give up all of your privacy. That's all.
0: But but through that,
1: everyone's gonna be happier.
0: Yeah. Are you in or are you an outsider? Are you going to act like you're not in? And if you act like you're not in, then we'll find another way to hypnotize you because we'll just Mm. pretend to be people who aren't in, you know, and then we'll trick you. We'll infiltrate like, yes, a a good cult. Yeah, Yeah. that's what. Yeah, that's what you do, man. That's like that's the problem is like no matter what revolutionary idea gets out there. That anybody has the contagion of the revolutionary idea is easily warped and twisted by people who have like other um, ideas that r- run counter to that. You know, like it's so easy to confuse people who believe that Twitter, Instagram, CNN, Fox News, Drudge Report, Wall Street Journal, New York Times is an accurate metric of what's happening on the planet. Yeah, that's not very many I- information streams, man. Right, and like. How hard would it be to infiltrate all the information streams in some small way and gradually start warping them so that people become more open to the idea of being constantly surveilled, constantly monitored, and um, not speaking up about it? Because if you speak up about it, then you're a conspiracy theorist. I got another
1: way of looking at it that I've been thinking. What if it's just this is how life goes? What if instead of this being like some grand conspiracy by the robots or by the the elites what if this is just how systems go Mm. when one thing gets too big is in is in too much power there's no no longer a struggle to survive it's reached some stagnant point biologically in some sort of weird way and also maybe even without for lack of a better word spiritually stagnant, yeah. right? I mean, some people are breaking through and realizing who, you know, who they are and their connection to other people, but globally, God, there's a lot of people that are sleep, sleepwalking out there, sleepwalking, hypnotized by yeah. technology and society, and this is, this is their big wake-up call right now. What if this, all this, even materialism, right? Even our obsession with technology, maybe, like if you look at all the systems that exist in the universe, and particularly all the biological systems that exist on Earth, some of them are so spectacular, you're like, what? What happened here? Yeah. How did they do this? Yeah. Like, have you ever seen like leafcutter ants when they take their, their buildings and they pour cement in them and they realize these, there's these fermentation chambers yeah. and the, they ferment the leaves in there, there's air holes out to the earth okay. and there's all these fucking tunnels and there's this crazy, elaborate city structure that's created by these ants. Yeah. Well, there's all these systems. That, that take place all over the Earth. For uh, if there's too much plants, then these the insects involved, if there's too many insects, the plants evolve. All these things happen to sort of keep some sort of a balance. Yeah. Ideas that infect people the dumb ones that are so intoxicated think about what's the some of the most intoxicating shit I mean intoxicating meaning that you're not even really getting pleasure out of it, but you can't look away It's like some of the dumbest reality television right, right. and the fear factor you're sitting there with your mouth open like huh? and you get sucked in To yeah. this thing oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. The, the earth is created yeah. to make you it's not people what if, the, what if the grand conspiracy is, it's not robots, it's not people, it's life is trying to get rid of you. Yeah. Life is making it easier to survive, which makes you soft as fuck, which makes you compliant to anything that keeps you in that sort of soft, comfortable state. I don't wanna ruffle any feathers. If they need to look through my emails, you let them. Yeah. And all the while, it's just the world. It's the universe. Plotting against us because there's too many of us and we fucked up and We have too much power and we're obviously doing shit to the earth that we shouldn't be doing right. like look what we're doing to the ocean We're sucking every fish out. We're dumping in all our fucking straws. Yeah L- Look at what we're doing to fracking where people have to move because they can't use their water and like well It's an acceptable outcome. This right. is basically we don't need to rely on Saudi Arabia anymore But you you poison these people's air. They yeah. have to move out of their fucking house their waters on fire Literally their water's on fire and maybe life is like, okay, what do we got here? Let's get a virus Let's get them addicted to technology. Let's get a virus. Let's get them obsessed with themselves Let's make the predominant thing that people spend their time on not reading books not uh, fucking walking alone with their thoughts but staring at these pictures of other people's photos. Yeah. Selfies and butt pictures and look at how this guy does chest. Do you ever do chest like that? Right. <laughs> <He> sucked get <laughs> sucked into looking at these fucking videos. Yeah. And and then when it's when it's decided you're weak, it starts sending in some more problems. Boom, here's a little bit of this. Boom, here's a little bit of that. Yeah. Boom. Here's a new disease. Yeah. Boom, here's a tsunami. Boom, here's a nuclear reactor you can't shut down. Yeah. And then you try to figure out whether or not we're going to be able to use our amazing intellect to bypass our own biological switches that have us connected to this bullshit life. Right. We have a, a lot of weird, dumb biological switches that were put in place back when we had to survive. Against incoming hordes of soldiers and we're in the information age now What we need to do is be sustainable in case of emergency, which we're clearly not and we need to realize that this is temporary and When a bad thing happens, it makes you realize that it makes you realize like hey I thought everything was gonna be fine forever. It's not this is real just like a movie or a book We're just not prepared for it because we haven't experienced it. We're like, well, this is a once-in-a-lifetime event. No, it's a once-in-our-lifetime
0: event. Our lifetime is too small for us to really get a grip. It's yeah. a blink. It's a blink. It's a blink. And this is just, you know, like you said, dress rehearsal. If anything, it's a dress rehearsal for death. I mean, you're going to—the That's a, the thing is, is like that blink. If you're an atheist, which, you know, I, I get that. And I think there must be some, like, deep— do
1: you know any atheists that have done like a real blowout psychedelic session? No, I know a couple, and those those are the most puzzling to me because the guy people who have done like real blowout mushroom sessions or blowout DMT sessions. I always think that they would leave the door open to the impossible, because it is impossible, and you experienced it. It's not like. Even if you're imagining it, I couldn't imagine that. So how am I imagining that? Right. How am I imagining something in such incredible, vivid color and, and uh, detail and, sure. and, and knowledge and love and all these different things you experience in that state? That state is otherworldly. The fact that that is accessible at all, I don't care if it's through a molecule or through a, a, a yoga session. I don't care how it's accessible. Right. But the, if the fact that that's accessible at all leaves open to me the I don't know. Because I didn't know that that was a thing. So once I've experienced that, I'm like, oh, well all this flat plane of existence that we take for granted, that we think this is, this is everything around us, yeah. this is the whole environment we have to worry out for, this might be just one fucking stage on the radio dial of experiences, right. and of, of dimensions that are I- interacting with us. We just don't have the senses to, to tune into them. And when you can, for me at least, it leaves open the door for who the fuck knows. Who knows, man? I, just the fact that that's a thing.
0: To, there's a... Okay, so this is a trip. This, this is very trippy. So I got this book called The Tibetan Yoga of Dream and Sleep. Whoa, I feel like I should like this again. It's fucking cool. But basically, it's like a, a form of Tibetan Buddhism uh, that invites you to explore the difference between when you think you're awake and when you're dreaming. And so basically, the idea is There isn't much of a difference there. Like right now, you're dreaming this thing you call your human incarnation. It's like it is a dream. Mm. And, you know, like when people are dying, they get all delirious and shit. They slide through time. You know, like I don't know if you've been around a dying person, but they 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 like suddenly they're back in Vietnam. They're in the 50s. Yeah. They're in the 30s, where however whatever their lifetime, which means that when you're dying, you're going to like spin through time too, meaning that this could be you dying right now, spinning backwards Jesus through time, Duncan. but like in a dream so that when you, you know, this is the, the main thing about it is that when we die, w- according to this, we, we sort of spend like 39 days. I think it is in a place called the Bardo, which is, um, uh, essentially like what it's like to have no body but still have this like i this basically like your karma your identity sort of propelling you through and that that that's how you like get your next incarnation so Mm. essentially like that's what we're dealing with here is so bizarre and surreal that it easily could just be a dream state that one of these vast AIs that already exist is having. We're just processors, we're just being run. It's like running a simulation of a pandemic or, or maybe this is a way that like uh, an AI gets polished. Like maybe we're an AI that's being like polished and taught through this process of having a limited incarnation, you gotta have that so that there's a reason for us to actually invest ourselves in stuff. Like if we were gods, if we lived for a million years, eventually, we wouldn't have such a passionate relationship, I think, with the world, anyone right. who's going to. So you need that to train the thing up so it takes it seriously. You have to put the setting on mortal. Then you then maybe you just run a series of tests on the thing. You know, you start run. To, what is this? What have we made? What does it do in a pandemic? And by it, I mean the sum total of all humans, which is right now disconnected. It's like a malfunctioning brain. The synapse, You know what I mean? We're not connecting. Mm. But if we were being like sort of I don't know how you put it, groomed, evolved, intentionally, then every single moment in an individual's life and in a planet, the planet's, the life of history could be looked at as a training or an upgrade. This could be an operating system upgrade. This could be what an operating system upgrade looks like in the biocomputer that we exist in. It looks like a fucking pandemic. And that's what's happening right now is we're being like upgraded for some reason, even though it's terrifying. And uh, obviously horrific, you know, we're mm. being upgraded. And, uh, when you, anyway, the whole point is, man, this thing that we're in right now, whether or not there's a God, we just, I think an atheist gets to lean into the idea that when they close their eyes and breathe their last breath, it stops. And I just think that's a big gamble, man. That's, and I don't mean, because you go to hell. I mean, how nice would that be yeah. if it just stopped? When more than likely it's, you know, the the, at least in this Tibetan yoga of dreaming and sleep, more than likely what happens is way before you actually die, when you get really sick, you already start waking up into your next life. You just wake, you just like go through a weird dream-like state called the bardo, where you freak the fuck out, and then you're suddenly alive in another being, completely oblivious to whatever your past incarnations were. Mm. And that's what we're in right now. So... You know i don't know this is a great time for people to start you know looking at that in one and preparing for that we didn't prepare for the fucking pandemic we didn't prepare some of y'all did i'm sure but i didn't there's a few preppers out there listening Go, oh, yeah i was ready man. i know you guys did it congrats I was you ready, were right. man you were right congratulations i've got fucking hummus and strawberries and some like and but, but I think that, like, also preparing for, like, the authentic apocalypse, which is when you kick the fucking bucket. Yeah. Because the idea is, you know, and this, feel, feel free to light the goddamn sage again. But the idea Demons is... Demons be gone. Thank you. The idea is that you can actually, like, navigate through that Bardo state. You can have a little bit of lucidity instead of sort of dying and, like, freaking out because it's a hallucinatory state. You could actually have a kind of like, I don't know, focus through it and control your next incarnation. So yeah, you'd... we
1: just have to figure it out. That's the thing. And when you're young, particularly if you're young and you don't have a lot of guidance, which was me when I was younger, it takes a while to figure it out. Because you're just running on your own, right? There's no, you're not getting like a lot of direction to how to live your life. And I moved around a lot, too, which really didn't help. But as you get older, you start getting a better sense of what makes sense and what doesn't make sense and what's important and what's not important and what fucks up your life and what enhances your life, but you don't live long enough to really get it down. Right. See, if these these people like uh, David Sinclair or Aubrey de Grey, all these anti-aging geniuses that are out there that are working on all these solutions to extend human life, if they ever really nail it, if they ever really nail it, you know, if David Sinclair comes up with something and you can live 150, 250 years, yeah. by the time you're 150 years old, you're going to have so much less bullshit in your life. Right. You're going to realize, like, when you're 30, you'll date crazy people. You'll have moron friends that you have to bail out of jail. You'll have these problems. But when you get older, you start going, look, I see what's good for me, and I see what's not good for me. Right. You know, And I see there's some people that are not willing to change, and they're, try- they're not trying to do better. Right. They're just consistently making the same mistakes over and over again and dragging everyone down around them You just got to move on from people like that in your life when you're 150 man <laughs> you're you're not gonna be tolerating anything You're just gonna you're just gonna only have cool people that you hang out with and, and will attract each other And then we'll be able to work together on things right knowing that each other are sane and rational and are are looking at these things honestly. They're not talking from a position of trying to convince you of their virtue or trying to talk you in a position of doing something that will benefit them financially. They're doing it just because they're they're just being
0: in the moment and honest and and being a human being. Yeah, man. I mean, you basically just described, like, the secret societies. I mean, you know what I mean? We need to come up with our own,
1: which we call it.
0: The Illuminati?
1: No, that's too much.
0: Well, you know that the.
1: If we came up with our own right now, what would we call it?
0: Whatever it is, don't do initials, man. I hate that that's shit. That's not
1: good. They can use those against you.
0: Yeah, I don't right? know. What? What do we call it, Jamie? Children of Jamie. The, you know. You know. But I, the thing is, like the, these immortal beings that you're talking about, they do already exist, but they exist as like. Communities that have lineages attached to them. So it's like because our physical bodies die We don't get to do the thing you're talking about We when we're old when you're older you do do that naturally and plus when you have kids It's like you just don't have time for bullshit anymore. There's no time to fuck around with somebody who's like constantly fucking up their life You used to get drinks with or whatever like you have a child and you have to but regardless there already is set in place in on the planet these like lineages uh, the, 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 there's essentially chains of transmission in martial arts, right? Yeah. Like when you look at a martial art, you're seeing a living Being you know that has, it has its roots I don't know how far it goes back when you look at yoga. That's a living thing. That's transferred from person to person mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so I think these things already a mortality already does exist It just doesn't exist as a human. And also, sometimes when I hear about these technologists trying to live forever, I get a little scared thinking that's kind of like, you know, if you could theoretically do it, you might be locking yourself in a dream that you don't want to stay in.
1: It gets worse. Yeah, and
0: it, you can't die. You can't die.
1: <laughs> you, you engineer some polymer skin that's made out of that spider silk blend that they were trying to come up with that's stronger than steel. <laughs> yeah, remember when they were doing that. There there were uh, there was an article about them trying to create some sort of bulletproof skin by uh, engineering it with spider silk. Yeah,
0: I remember that. What, what if that becomes? To
1: that? What if that's real? What if they figure out a way to make people completely invulnerable and we live forever and then we hate it and we didn't realize that if we just shut the lights out we'd go to the next stage. That's it, and the next man. stage is amazing. Maybe that's like the big trick. The big trick is Like how do you how do you use this life? And how does it take you into the next stage? Imagine if that's really what's happening. That's yeah. why every single look. I'm not saying that this means anything But every single religion has some place you go when it's over. Yeah, don't they I mean Almost all of them. Yeah, I mean that's an overlying theme now, you could say, well, that's just engineered to provide comfort to people because, you know, they want to feel like this life means something. But the reality is the lights just shut off. And to that, I say maybe. Yeah. I say maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But have you, have you ever been whacked out of your mind on psychedelics? Because if you are, you would, you would go, who the fuck knows? Because that's a who the fuck knows moment. So maybe death is a who the fuck knows moment. Right. Maybe that's why every single religion has these stories. Not every single one. But, like, look... I mean, there's a lot of religions that people have clearly just made up, right? And we know the people that made them. They count too. They don't even have to pay taxes. Yeah. So let's not get holier than that with the the concept of religions. Right. So there's a lot of really dumb religions that probably don't have an afterlife. But it's just some shit that people made up, all of it. But how many people have made up this idea that there's a place you go that's better than this? Right. I mean,. Is that just to make you, incentivize you to be good and to be a good person? Or is it like an inherent understanding of how the universe works? It might be both things. It might it might be also be manipulative because you can get people to comply with social norms and society's rules if you tell them that if they don't, that God is watching them and he will smite sure. them down and burn them forever. That is a way, that is part of a way, but it's not gonna stop people from doing most shit. Just, it's, it's just not. It never has. I mean, no. Some of the most horrific things ever done by human beings were done in the name of Christianity, right? Or And many other religions. But, the, but there is something to the, the possibility that it's both things that it's an understanding that when you do good in this life you you will go forth into the next stage in a better place right you'll feel better you'll be you'll be less less burdened by the past you'll be less uh, hampered by the, the failures of uh, your your ability to adjust and your ability to live right. a, a harmonious life with people here on earth that's well,
0: that might be something that's real and also that y- the other idea is you're all it's not like this place that they're talking about in religions is existing after you die. The idea is like you're there right now. You just can't feel it. You're wearing a blindfold that looks like your body and mm. in, in your life. You're wearing a blindfold that looks like your existence. You're blind. Right. And that's why the there's always these stories of like Jesus healing a blind man or like Paul on the road to Damascus being like. Blinded. There's all these stories of being like already existing in what Buddhism, some forms of Buddhism call fundamental goodness. That's already where we're at. That's the main channel. But we've sort of grown like little bits of grass into the time-space continuum. And right now we're like waving in the wind of our <laughs> karma, and not not realizing there's a beneath us or through us or moving through us is a much grander, more beautiful, incredible thing. So. Like I think when people say yeah they invented it so people would be afraid it sort of imagines that these people are having one-way conversations with it. You know that when they pick up the phone it's just themselves they're talking to. It's not imagining that when people connect to this divine source it immediately says, "Oh hi, yeah, this is the part of your program where you were supposed to start remembering." What's really going on here and reconnecting with me? Don't worry. Don't feel bad. It's okay. Everyone goes through that. In fact, you requested a disconnect for the last 15 years when you were getting hammered and imagining you were Charles Bukowski or whatever. Like, <laughs> if this was all part of the plan, that was actually teaching you what happens when you don't take care of your body. Now, we're like connecting, sending a download to you, letting you know, hi, it's us. We're here. We're not mad at you. How could we be? We're infinite. We've been here since before the stars. You wanted this to happen. My apologies for cutting off your ball, killing your mom and your dad. You know what I mean? But whatever. This is all part of a bigger thing. And I think that's to me what God is. It's this constantly rejuvenating, synchronistic, perfection that becomes increasingly perfect. And it exists simultaneous to this seemingly imperfect universe. And it's always there for you to connect to at any moment. And when people smoke DMT, certainly that's one of the avenues. And that's a beautiful thing. So I think the reason for it is not to scare people. It's more so that people become like fountains for that. And in some small way, become little droplets or like divine bits of perspiration bubbling up into this place so that folks who are really freaking out right now or worried or scared or disconnected could have at least the chance to reconnect. Because listen, man, if I was God wanting to get blasted, if I was some divine being wanting to get high, and Alan Watts has a beautiful lecture on this, I really do think at some point I would want to cut off all connection to the realization of my divinity and experience infinite lifetimes on a planet. And a tumultuous planet and experience every incarnation and all of it to get an understanding of what it is like to be extremely limited and what what would this do It would just add to my data banks it would just help me increasingly become more and more beautiful and perfect which seems to be what we're in right now it's like we have a limited data set based on our neural neurology we can't see certain colors we can't hear certain sounds we don't know what happened 20,000 years ago we don't know what happens 5 seconds from now and so this is a perfect place to be in what's in becoming to know what it is to become and to be limited and this is who knows man it's just something sniffing data you know it's something just like you know it's like uh, snorting our lives like the universe is snorting our lives on on time and <laughs> on the mirror
1: of time well it's the big thing right that keeps us from seeing that and the one thing that all psychedelics have in common is the dissolving of the ego they all dissolve the ego what's that word dissolution Disil- Yeah. dissolution dissolution yeah. of the ego that what's happening with all of them is it removes all this Nonsense narrative in your head. Everyone's ego has this nonsense view of the world that's based on them being the most important thing. Oh, yeah. And that, you know, all the shit that they're thinking about right now is of the utmost importance, needs to be done right now. That's why people run red lights. Like, you can't even wait. You can't even wait, you fuck. It's one thing if it's a medical emergency, kids being born, yeah. someone's got a broken leg, and you just, you gotta get to the hospital right away. I get it. I 100% get it. But there's some people that just want to be. They just want to make that left turn. They don't give a fuck if the light change. They want to cut in front of you, make that turn, even block traffic because they think more about themselves than they do about other people. And that's that's a a side effect of this life that's been set up. But it's almost like maybe that's how it works. Maybe the life creates challenges when there are no challenges, and the challenges are just tries to diminish you, tries to see if you're paying attention, tries to weaken you and make you stupid and turns you into into a fucking zombie. Yeah. If you walked into any restaurant, any restaurant during lunchtime, and you see people on their phones, it's like this is bonkers. This is if this was anything else <laughs> yeah. that where half the room was using a, an electronic and staring into it for long moments at a time, not interacting with the person across from them. Like that becomes almost the norm. Yeah. That like at least fifty percent of the people and everyone's interrupting everybody. Like you know they're all just barely paying attention to each other.
0: Yeah. Well, they haven't develop the muscle. I mean, yeah, it's a muscle you it, you, it's people just assume that the ability to have a conversation is a natural part of being an adult. But it's like you I think that's atrophying in a lot of people to the point now where I just try to be, you know, is I guess is like, I just have lowered my expectations yeah. to the point of like, I don't know how many people can pay attention that much. And I know I'm certainly distracted. But doesn't it feel fucking weird? Even if you're just watching TV with somebody and they pull their phone out and start looking at it. Oh, it's so weird. It, it's, like, it's like the energy immediately downshifts yeah. the moment that it's.
1: Like it's, if you're watching a movie with someone and they're over there on their phone. Like, come on, yeah, watch the Goddamn movie with me,
0: Yeah, even though yeah. we're not talking doesn't yeah. mean we're not connecting.:
1: It's weird, it's weird, Even fights if you watch fights with your friends, and they're on their phone all the time. It's like, are you not even watching these fights?:
0: You can feel it. yeah, that's yeah. why you know, at the Denver Comedy Works, they've got the Dave Chappelle. bags yes. yeah so like, I was listening. Do you ever listen to an audience that doesn't have access to their phones before a show? They're so mad. The one? No, they want. They, they, <laughs> Motherfucker, where's my book? This? No, it's. They talk to each other. Yeah, it's like it's like the sound is better. It's yeah. a better sound out there. It's a yeah. different murmur than a phone murmur from a yeah. crowd. So yeah, I don't know, man. I think that. I think um,
1: life presents all sorts of adversity, and some adversity doesn't feel like adversity. It's sneaky, and that's what cell phones are. That's what technology is, and that's uh, certainly what social me- social media is right. you only realize what social media truly can do when it comes at you you know you get cancelled or you, there's a a bunch of people who are tweeting mean stuff to you then you realize like oh these are horrible feelings right this feeling of being attacked by this thing that's been grooming me oh that yeah it's like what, what is that like well if if the earth was trying to get rid of us. If the earth had decided that there's an infection that doesn't think it's an infection, it thinks it's so important that it should be allowed to pollute everything around it, it should be allowed to scab up the earth with giant concrete bandages. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're doing. We're putting these things everywhere that cover up all the ground, displace all the life, and then we shut off the lights so we can't recognize that we're in space. I mean, the, the whole recipe is perfect. Yeah, It's perfect for charming us to sleep the the, every every aspect of it the ego part the the you know the fact that it exists the fact that we have this biological imperative to stay alive and breed and then keep our dna alive and there's all these these things that are set into you to make sure that that happens all the while where you recognize you definitely are a finite life form right but yet you do something you hate every day
0: yeah you just keep doing it. Yeah. You, I mean, do, you do something you don't enjoy. And and when you get into reincarnation, which I love, that thing you're doing that you don't enjoy, you've been doing that for infinite lifetimes. It's, oh, my God. That's called your clashes. It's your sort of um, – uh, it's like underneath your identity, it's basically your code. It's, uh, it's your tendencies, I guess is the way you would put it. So, like, you know, if you have the tendency to lose your temper, then that's something that you've been dealing with for – infinite lifetimes and it never ever goes away until you start waking up because the idea is to just go from being this set of conditioned responses reactions to your environment to being something that's like lucid living mm-hmm. I mean, you know if you want to lucid dreaming try lucid living you know which is the practice i would say of like first under what are your habituations you know what like the other day I was sitting on the couch. I took my sock off and I spun it like a lasso and threw it across the room. And my wife looks at me. She's like, what what was that? (laughs) I'm like, oh, my God. (sighs) Holy shit. That's how I've been taking my socks off for years. (laughs) And I didn't even know it. I pull them off, lasso them and sling. And, like, you, like, that, just that little thing, I didn't even know I was doing something so well. I've probably been doing that since I was a kid. <laughs> like, I probably saw some cool kid lasso his socks and throw it. And I'm like, I'm going to start fucking lassoing my socks. Mm. But, like, how many other things are you doing that are just like that, that are just pure habituation, pure reactivity? And this is where you run into... Uh, some scary shit, man. Which is what Jaron Lanier. God, I wish you could get him on. You know who that guy is. What, say his name again? Jaron Lanier. I feel like I've heard that name. He is. What does he do? He he's an author. He like developed all this VR technology. He was in Silicon Valley, and it's when it was just starting working on VR before the technology was even there, to have VR goggles. He was like building. I think he like and helped his group help build. I think it might be the Oculus Rift. I'm sorry. Fans of his out there who are upset. I don't know the but some VR system. Yeah, he's and he's like his. He's written a lot of great books. One of them, twelve reasons to get out or ten reasons to get off your social media now. Really? But yeah, he wrote a book called that. Yep. How do you say his name again? Jaron Lanier. Lanier. Jaron. Jaron Lanier. Jaron Lanier. Lanier. Freaking brilliant human man. But um, you know, what's the name of the book again? It's called I ten or twelve. I can't remember. Twelve reasons to get off your social media now or delete your account something like that there's a book of his i like better than that called the dawn of the new everything Mm. but and that's just him sort of like talking about what it was like working in silicon valley back then and uh his sort of opinions on um on this stuff is he a white guy with dreadlocks yeah look yeah hmm what, Suspect. You yeah. <laughs> well, no, I think people do judge his, his meat body, but um, his meat body. Well, his physical appearance or whatever. Oh, is he a large he, fellow? Fucking brilliant. Oh, I believe it.
1: And Listen, he, man, there's a lot of brilliant people with wacky hair. Yeah, yeah. I'm just it's okay joking. To, it's
0: okay to have. I'm just defending joking. him because I'm like a. I'm nerdy. I'm doing? A, I love him.
1: Is is those bagpipes? What's happening with this guy? He's
0: playing pipes! Who cares? He's a genius! I don't care what he... I don't care. But this is
1: just quite a few photos of him with pipes. God damn it, I didn't see the pipe photos. Who cares?
0: (laughs) I didn't see the pipe photos.
1: <laughs> when we say pipes, we, we should say uh, like the kind you blow on, like flutes and pipes. And...
0: Okay, I didn't see that. There's a lot of
1: them, bro. He looks okay, real spiritual. Stop, Jamie, I, don't I look at love, it for Please it. put that picture back up no, because there's oh, very few on, things in life that I oh, love more than white guys <laughs> with dreadlocks with their eyes closed playing the flute. There's <laughs> the very few things in life that make me feel like, man,
0: dude, if I that's had that my picture guy, of me online, I would want people to turn off their social media too. Yeah,
1: my that's my my guy here's a new flute God with damn him it. eyes closed he's who
0: cares he plays a flute he plays a flute he's i bet he's amazing it. at it i'm Dude, sure he's great. nothing
1: wrong with what he's doing i think it's amazing i wish i could play a flute what the fuck is he's that? playing another flute look at that flute that's he, a dope looking flute though what is that flute <laughs> <laughs> that flute looks dope. God dope listen <laughs> flutes sound cool and i'm not being disingenuous cool. i'm not being sarcastic Flute sound cool. I wish I could, What is that thing though? That that needs to go away. What is that silly? It's like a
0: zither. He's in the Hobbit.
1: He's in the movie The Hobbit. (laughs) He's in the movie The Hobbit. He's in the fucking pub and he's playing that thing in the back because they haven't figured out real music yet. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, I'm only joking. I know you are. I appreciate your contributions. I'm just joking. I'm sure you're brilliant. Duncan's one of my favorite people. If he says he's brilliant. brilliant. brilliant, I'm just joking.
0: Look, you if you want to listen, if you play the flute, there's a lot of like uh,
1: the kind of people that are like super intelligent and wh- whacked out on, you know, technology, I think something like the flute would be an amazing way to decompress. Right. An organ I mean you're you're literally using your body to make a sound with air and
0: tubes. He plays it's amazing. Like, he said he plays like a hundred instruments or something. Sure. He's just some kind of genius, but he here's the scary thing he said. Uh which is if like BF Skinner's right and you know, pretty much if you can control a thing's environment, you can control it. This is the reason to be terrified of AI mm. because you know, the more advanced an AI gets like, you know, where our assumption is the thing's gonna eat us or kill us or whatever, it might just gradually hypnotize us and, by, and, and hypnotize us by creating more and more enticing things that grab our attention, hacks Mm. our neurology, and and begins to like, just do things that are completely impossible to not look at. And that, you know, when you're saying an AI, you know, advised the pandemic, what if that, you know, that, how do you look away from a pandemic? Mm -hmm. All of our nervous systems right now are completely fixated on every tremor. Every ripple, every little data point that flies across our screens, we are so absorbed in it right now. We are locked in like cats chasing laser pointers. And that is um, what he said we should be most afraid of, is mm. that this, these things eventually could get to the point of completely grabbing us. And what you were saying earlier is kind of maybe that's what already happened. Maybe there's a, that is a process. Yeah. Maybe
1: it's a process that's not even put in place by anything other than life itself. The life itself has these systems set up so no one thing ever totally dominates. And when it does, they find ways into it. And then it's this constant state of chaos yeah. that produces better and better life forms. Right. That's what it is. I mean, if you want to admit or you want to state that we are better than our ancient ancestors, the you know the pre-homo sapien hominids i i think we're better i think we're better they might have been stronger than us but we've created more overall as a species i think it's better to be a person than it is to be a pre-person right uh, i think as it goes on and on we're gonna think the same way i think the next stage of existence is gonna be so happy it's not a person running around <laughs> letting their dick think for them and fucking getting yeah. drunk all the time and crashing their motorcycle yeah. and All the dumb shit that people do, all of the dumb shit from alcohol and drug abuse to fucked up relationships to everything we do to lying and stealing and being selfish, all that shit. We'd be so happy if that all went away. Oh, my God those dude the pre-humans used to eat each other's babies they were always fucking stealing and robbing they couldn't yeah. talk they couldn't express love who the fuck would want to be that right and then the humans the humans were so full of shit they were all addicted to their phones they didn't even see it coming the yeah. phone snuck in their life they welcomed them with new versions every year yeah. paying for their own demise yeah happily And they were all angry and bitter and mean and jealous and fucking thoughtless and polluting. And then the next stage came along, and they eliminated all that. And we all live in harmony. Now we're all gravel.
0: (laughs) No, now we're all... Isn't it great to be a gravel pebble? We're all space. Yeah, or just...
1: We're all all part of the next.
0: Yeah, And, and we already are. I mean, I think... Probably we already are that. But yeah. I mean, I to me, I think that whatever's happening, you just have to make it a good thing. Like whether or not it is a good thing or not, right. that's if there is something great about humans is that we're capable of alchemizing phenomena in a way that it doesn't completely drive us nuts or paralyze us. That's any anything that's happening to you can be converted into something either that's going to make you scared, self-destructive, rationalize your anger, rationalize your shitty decisions, or it can be used as a thing that completely, quote, converts you, completely Mm. shifts your method or way of living and that's what's beautiful about a human is that any given moment you can do that like at any given moment you can shed your operating system theoretically you could drop all of the hang-ups all the weird shit are you jerking off three times a day (gasps) you could maybe take it down to two times a day Mm. are you drinking every single night you can you can stop that and to me that's like yeah The future beings, whatever they are, I hope one of the qualities or one of the things they look back at is like, holy shit, those poor things had no idea how powerful they were. They were sleepwalking when they could have at any moment connected to the great truth, the divine, the, 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 the glory of all things and could have theoretically any one of them. Just one of them could have converted the entire planet into, up, into an up leveled, up resonanced, up consciousness utopia. But they all were sleepwalking. And then finally, somebody woke up for real. And I don't know. Maybe it's, a, I don't know what that looks like. Well, but- maybe that
1: what looks like is what this is, what this is happening, what, what is happening right now with this virus where everybody's being forced indoors and forced to stop work. It's a, it's a terrible thing for people financially. But it is, in a sense, a reset button. It's a real reset button. Yeah. To know that this shitty job that you hate going to could go away at any moment because all jobs could go away at any moment yeah. is a real wake-up call because even the good jobs are going away, right? If you're in San Francisco, you have the best job in the world. Guess what, you can't even go there.
2: Right.
1: You might have the best job. You're so fucking pumped to go to work every day. You can't go, you can't go. Yeah. So that can be taken away from you too. So if you're living a bullshit life, like, recognize that all of this for everybody could go away. Right. If Yellowstone blows, half the people die. Right. Like, easily. Easily. Yeah. Maybe more. Maybe more. Right. And that motherfucker could easily go. Sure. We, we need these little catastrophes sometimes just to let us understand that the window of time that we've been existing in that's been relatively fl- free of disaster is unique. And that's not normal. Normal is madness. Normal is we're in the middle of a fucking shooting <laughs> gallery spinning a thousand miles an hour around a fireball. That's normal. And every now and then shit flies into our atmosphere and wrecks havoc.
0: This is why I love hollow earth theory, man. You ever get into that shit? <laughs> Do you ever get into that?
1: Is that for people to get kicked out of the flat earth society?
0: Yeah, Hollow flat earth people look down on hollow Earthers, <laughs> But... Hollow Earth, Hollow Earth, Mm. Hollow Earth is like, to me, my favorite of them all, because to like if the idea is like, yeah, humans have been on the planet for a long time. And if we want to go into like the, the cool idea of the Atlanteans and advanced civilizations, at some point, if you can't create a way to protect from the meteor impacts and you're looking to create a sustaining civilization. You're going to want to go in there, man. And so to me, it's such a fucking cool idea that in the core of the Earth is another sun that has an advanced civilization that hasn't been disrupted by the shit that happens on the surface of the planet. It turns the Earth into a spaceship inside the spaceship are these advanced beings and outside the spaceship. It's like a a celestial fungus that's like growing out. it's just, or it's like another way to put it would be outside the spaceship is Mad Max, like covering outside the spaceship is just a bunch of like, you know, us that are inside the thing who have basically been completely disrupted over and over and over again. So they're, they have no idea what history is. They have no idea where the planet came from. They don't know anything. And now we've sort of grown out of control all around the ship. And so, This kind of shit that's happening is like turning on the windshield wipers. It's like, hey, man, you got humans on you. You know that, right, man? You're like crawling with them. Oh, fuck. Wipe them out. Get rid of them. Let's just scrub the fucking surface. Do us some earthquakes. Yellowstone is just a windshield wiper for the people who live inside the planet.
1: Well, you know what humans are, man? Really? A vector for ideas. Yeah. It's ideas that change everything. The humans just do the work of the ideas. Right. What, what we are, we're the first thing that can manipulate our environment that has ideas. We're the first thing with ideas. All these other animals, they had instincts. Right. They had ideas in terms of like, trying to figure out the best patterns to acquire food, how to yeah. sneak up on birds. Yeah. But if you think cats have ideas, well, guess what, they all have the same fucking idea. <laughs> like, cats aren't <laughs> inventing shit. Right. You know? They're not inventing things. There's a specific kind of idea that's unique to a human being. Regardless of the sentience of other animals, ours is unique in that it allows us to make stuff, not just little things. We can make gigantic machines that travel into space, and all the the wild creations of human beings all came out of ideas. We think it's all humans, but true, we are the ones that put forth—but if you're a thing that wants to get born, you need a host— you, you get that curious ape that's just been trying to figure out better ways to stab its neighbor with a spear. <laughs> get that thing and slowly infect it with ideas. I- right. Ideas of new stuff to make. Yeah. And then it goes out and does the work for you. And then you take over the earth. The ideas have taken over the earth. The people are just the toys the ideas. Now, if instead of ideas, you said demons... I mean, that's, that's literally what people used to think was happening right. to folks when they did terrible things. They had bad ideas. They acted on those bad ideas. And ancient religions thought of those ideas like they were demons, like these people were possessed. That was a common thought that someone's possessed by a demon. Still but is. We're all possessed by ideas, and some possessed by them more than others, like Elon Musk is particularly haunted. He's possessed by
0: ideas swarms of ideas. And what does he
1: do? Well, look at what he's done He's one guy that's probably had more of an impact on our perception of what the future holds in terms of technology Than any other one individual human being that is widely known of like he is a famous human like he is I mean he's doing Tesla which is the most advanced electric cars in the world. They're insane. Yeah, then he's doing this fucking loop thing right the hyper or the um, the hyperloop? boring project where he's boring yeah. well, he's doing the hyperloop he's doing the boring project he's making tunnels under LA and Vegas and you're going to be able to shoot through those tunnels going 120 miles an hour <laughs> then he's making rockets that shoot up in the space oh and solar power too yeah like what how is one guy's doing all this what's going on there well that guy's infected by ideas that guy probably has a huge receptor and ideas have clung on to him just like some girls have big tits some people have <laughs> crazy parts of their brain <laughs> that soaks in ideas. And it's no rhyme or reason to why, but what what they are is an antenna for ideas. Those ideas come up and you're like, wow, I'm glad I thought of that. And then you go to work on fracking. <laughs> you gotta work on all kinds of different crazy things that change the world forever. Whoever invented Fukushima, right? He's like, ah, I'll figure out how to shut it off when that time comes. We'll figure it out. No one ever does, but that person talked people or that group of people whose ideas all coincided, talked people into building a
0: gigantic nuclear furnace that you can never shut off. Yeah. <laughs> How crazy is that? Ah, That's crazy. It's crazy. Like, <laughs> we scan the skies for meteor impacts, but yeah. we have no way to scan human consciousness for some incoming ideas. idea. Because yeah. some ideas coming in are going to be great, but there's going to be a few that are really... Bad ideas, like you know, Hitler. He had an idea, and it was a bad fucking idea. And he implemented that that terrible idea. That idea was just floating in the astral plane, gradually just shooting towards Hitler's fucking brain. That that idea is
1: fueled by an ecosystem, and just like you're fueled by nutrients, right? Human beings are fueled by plants and fish and animals and vitamins and all these different things. Well, you're. These ideas are fueled. They're fueled by insecurity and ego and lust and greed and jealousy and anger Um. and virtue and love and prosperity and... Comfort and and community and all those different components of human consciousness all interact with this idea So the idea becomes like it just hitches a ride it hitches a ride with all these ideas that that already exist in your brain and then with these pre-existing structures like businesses and warehouses and all these different things that we use to Make stuff and then ship it out. Then the idea becomes a thing And then the idea winds up in the belly of a seagull because it looks like a fish. Whoops. (laughs) Sorry. You're dead. You're dead, seagull. You couldn't figure out that that's a bottle cap, not a fish. And that this this is how things change. They don't just change because of people. We're blaming ourselves. And it is definitely us that's doing the work. But it's all coming out of ideas. If we thought of ideas as a life force, instead of thinking ideas as like something you own, yeah, and something you hold. But even though you, you you do deserve credit for your ideas because your discipline to sit down and try to cultivate these ideas accelerates the production of those ideas yeah. and exercises the muscle through which those ideas come through focus and energy. So you deserve credit for it. I'm not. This is not a socialist way of looking at it. But everybody that has an idea that's really good. T- will tell you it's like it came out of nowhere, like every great bit that you've ever had. Sure. It's like pop, a light bulb goes off, and you have this thought, and it right. comes out of nowhere. Right. That's like most things that you write that are really cool. They kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah. You just sit there, and then all of a sudden you think of things, and you write them out. They're like they're an idea that you're wrestling. You just catch them. You
0: That's just it. catch them. Well, this, man, this is this is why I love collaborating with people because. The more people you collaborate with, you, instead of just using your own brain as the net to catch these ideas, when you have a group of people sharing whatever the intention may be, whether it's to make, like, flesh-eating robots or to cure cancer or whatever, then that becomes this, like, amazing solar panel for, like, big ideas, you Mm -hmm. know? So. I mean, this is, to me, the weirdest thing about when you're working with a group of people or collaborating with people. If, you know, someone's off, you will sink to that level. But if you're, you know, when you're around funny people, you get funnier. Yes. You know, when you're around like people who can draw, you can draw a little better. It's like something about being in a group. Sure. Share. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that works that way
1: with martial arts. Really? It works, yep. It works that way with pool. When you uh, watch people play pool that are really good, you can play better. If you're a player, like you see someone play really good, you realize like things that they do and you see them and you emulate them and then you can do it. We feed off of each other in that respect. I think that's a, a, a big argument for why the comedy store is so good. Because there's so many great yeah. comics there, and we all feed off each other. That's right. If you're, if you're going on after Nick you're like, "Fuck, that guy's so good. That's so funny." And like, it elevates everybody. That's right. You know, if you're there with Delia or Joey or you or you know uh, Sebastian, like, "Fuck, man, how am I so lucky?" Ali Wong and Whitney yeah. and, and Eliza, like, you're working with the, some of the best people in the country. The people that are killing it all over the country. One and of my Bert and Tom, and I mean, I keep going on and on and
0: on. And then they're helping you punch up jokes. I got off stage, this is one of my favorite memories there, and Jeff Garland and Whitney Cummings are helping me punch up a joke. And Mm. I'm sitting, I'm just thinking like, what the fuck? This is like Hogwarts, how am Uh I getting, how are these two people (laughs) who are brilliantly funny, you know, helping refine some like ridiculous, just dumb joke. Do Do you
1: ever still have imposter syndrome? yeah yeah me too. everybody does I think
0: oh, I'm so glad you admit it, man yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Pro- that's powerful
1: yeah I don't get it as much anymore, but it still do it's still I particularly used to get it with famous people, yeah, you know I'd get it when I was around famous people, I always felt weird like, oh my God, I'm not supposed to be around these people, yeah, they're too famous, they're real, famous, I'm just <laughs> fake, famous right you know I, I it it's a weird uh insecurity that pops up, but I think for you it's like. You know, when we first became friends, you were the guy who answered the phone at the store. Yeah. And that's really those crazy conversations that you and I had when I would call in to give my avails. We would talk to the phone for a fucking hour sometimes. I know. About wacky shit. But th- th- those sort of, th- those kind of interactions that you have with people, they, they shape. Like, they shape they shape what you are. That's right. You know? And the more people that you have in your life that are like that, that are interesting, that you, you, like, you feed off and you, you can have good ideas. We could, we could engineer a society that's way better, that doesn't have all the pitfalls, but we all have to pull our own weight. It's like, there's, there's a problem in this society where there's, there's siphoning off of money, right? There's massive moving and exchanging of money in some weird way with like banks and mutual funds and all that stuff, it's like, what are you guys doing? Like, what is that? How are you so rich? Like, yeah. you just moving money around? Like, they're, that's sort of, that system, since they run the financial system, that sort of idea of how everything gets distributed is kind of hijacked because they kind of run the system. We all are in the system, and we all clearly benefit from the system. Yeah. It's the best system we know of. But still, there's some people that are doing some wacky things with the system, and they have giant yachts, and like, yeah. they own 50 buildings. But if that wasn't the case if it was a more fair distribution meaning not not meaning that you shouldn't be rewarded for your work but that you can't just kind of hijack money the way bankers can right you can't just kind of this there's, there's so 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 much weirdness about using money to make money and that's all you do, you're moving money around. Yeah. Like, What are you doing? You don't even have a real job. right? I mean, you have a real job, but like, you're not making a thing, right? You're not writing a thing, you're not not—you're not teaching a thing, yeah. you're, not, you're just moving monies around, you're deciding this company sucks, I'm gonna fucking bet on yeah. this one, like, whoa, and those are the people oftentimes that have the most exorbitant mo- amounts of money. That It's not saying that they shouldn't have a lot of money. They've figured something out. I'm saying that the system, as it exists, that it would allow someone to make that much fucking money from things is a little crazy. Crazy. It's a little crazy. It's not saying you shouldn't be able to get ahead. I'm not saying you shouldn't be able to kick ass. not saying you shouldn't be able to acquire an extraordinary amount of wealth. I'm just saying, I don't know if that makes sense to keep that sort of banking system, to keep it in, in, in place the way it is, to keep the stock market in place. What is it? What, it's based on confidence? Like, what are they doing? They're moving numbers around. They're buying and selling, and things are getting, oh, it's not worth as much anymore because this happened. Oh, my God. Sell, sell, sell. Well, a lot of people are shorting it. What are you going to do? I'm going to buy these fucking idiots. They're wrong. Apple's coming back. Yeah. And you're just moving money around. Like, what a wacky way to run an economy. Yeah, man. Bunch of fucking pill heads. (laughs) Yeah, so I could, well I used to know these fucking kids from high school. That uh, one one guy that I delivered newspapers with that went on to become uh, a stockbroker. That guy was always doing coke. Really, and he was a madman. He was a madman.
0: Mad well, that would be. I mean, it would probably be fun to be like blasted on blow, like buying yeah. stocks. But I would. Yeah, I, I just love the pictures on the stock exchange, whenever it's crashing. Who are those fucking dudes? Like it always cuts to like the guy who's ties kind of pulled down yes. and he's like "Ah!" Like, Dude, did, Who are they? What are they? What, what is that?
1: I don't know but until my friend who was a wild man became a stockbroker I t- Didn't think of stockbrokers like that I thought stockbrokers were like super nerd genius guys that are figuring things out and counting and selling and they're p- Paying yeah. attention to all the markets and moving. I didn't know there were animals like stock stock market guys are yeah. fucking savages. Right. And then the Wolf of Wall Street came along and people were like, what? Well, like, yeah, that's like my friend. That was yeah. my friend. Yeah. These are the type of people that are like, they have a big impact on the stock market. Yeah. People like that fucking, that w- crazy asshole that w- went to jail. What the fuck's his name? Madoff, Bernie Madoff. Yeah. People like that guy. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, man? You're just lying to people? Yeah. You weren't even, <laughs> you weren't even investing anything? No. Oh my God, like those type of crazy assholes. There's so many of those in finance. It's amazing. I mean, there's great people in finance. Don't get me wrong. There's people that follow the rules. There's people that are wonderful sure. human beings that also exist in that chaotic world. But it also attracts a lot of fucking sociopaths. sociopaths.
0: Yeah, well, that's the, isn't that the idea is that, that like, there's the sociopath personality type is going to do better in certain industries, yeah, as because soci- you gotta be cutthroat. Yeah, you've got to be. Yeah, you just have to look at other people as being things you manipulate. Yeah, dude. Um, man, I feel like a dick. Can I show you this thing from my show? Fuck I pretty, yeah. Okay, cool. I, Why would uh, you feel like a dick? Cause you know, that you, was part of the yeah, thing. I know, man, but I, you know, plug, you know, that kind of like, yeah. Here's a clip in my show. Here's shirt. a clip from my show. But I'm, I'm proud excited. of this fucking thing. Should we man? spark
1: up one more time before we see it? Yeah, I feel like we should. Yeah you should have a lighter on your side don't you no here i have a lighter thanks you joe you i'm not gonna
0: touch that oh uh, yeah, yeah. scared of a lighter. right now i just know all the people are like he's tandled his mask wrong he's already i know it doesn't work i've got a beard it doesn't work anyway ah uh, man
1: yeah there's a lot of people out there that will critique your technique and lighting joints
0: really all oh, right critique everything i think i have one of the best joint lighting techniques in the. I think well, the I problem
1: them. is listening to them. The problem is not <laughs> them saying it. The problem is if you like tune into all the stuff that Chappelle's got it right. He doesn't do anything. He's got no uh, no social media at all. Man's a genius. You don't want to get
0: contaminated.
1: He's just got it locked into what he's doing. Just constantly doing shows. He was doing shows uh, pretty late up until the the, the cancellation. I did. Uh, I forget the last day I did a show. Man, I think it was. Uh, I think it was. Mm. I don't remember, but by Friday, everything was canceled. By Friday, we were like, we can't do this.
0: Yeah, I remember talking to you about that, man. That was fucking weird. That it sucks. was weird. the comedy store shut down, man. That's like...
1: yeah. We, but it had to. It oh, had yeah. to. And for, for everybody that's skeptical, it's really about old folks and folks that are immune compromised. I mean, if you look at Idris Elba on his uh, Twitter page, that guy, first of all, that guy's a stud. I mean, that guy had a, I had a lot of respect for that guy, because not only he's a badass actor, but he also had a real Muay Thai fight. He had a real amateur Muay Thai fight. Wow. He was training Muay Thai, and he got into it as a fucking huge movie star. And it's a real fight. If you watch it, they're really fighting. Really? He, yes. Yeah. It's fucking, What movie is this? Not a movie. Well, I don't know what he trained. He trained it probably for, he was in James Bond, right? Wasn't he? Um, he's done a shit ton of movies. He's definitely done movies where he had to fuck people up. So he probably trained martial arts for that, or maybe he just enjoyed doing it, but he got, really got into Muay Thai, and he actually had a fight, and it, he looked good, he looked good, he looked like a really good amateur, you know, and he he fought hard, it was a real battle between oh, him and this wow. other guy, but he um, has it, and he's been doing these videos, uh, updating and talking to people on his Twitter, and he seems fine. He seems fine, but he's really healthy. He's a robust, right. healthy, well-kept man. He takes care of himself. Yeah. Same same as a lot of these NBA players that supposedly have it. A lot of them are asymptomatic. It's not we're not worried about them. We're worried I like about that. old people. We're worried about people that are overweight, people that smoke cigarettes. That's but this is a wake-up call to a way worse disease. Like if this was the avian flu, if this was if this was something that killed 60% of the people, like, um, you know, there's a, an article in The Atlantic about this. Uh, I think it's this is where I, I found out that the avian flu killed, like, it was like 60%. The one that they killed, uh, all the chickens in the yeah. like early 2000s. It, it was 60% fatality rate. So if you got it, see, it was more likely to kill you than not kill you.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, yeah and they they got rid of that one pretty quick. But that kind of one is what we got to be really worried about. Right. This one we have to be worried about for our older folks and our folks that aren't doing well. But it's a good wake-up call it's good look no one responded perfectly no one in terms of no cities no countries no one did but everybody got caught off guard we have to realize everybody got caught off guard we didn't know the only way they really know that something like this is going to happen is that that it happens and then there has to be a response so now we're going to get better at figuring out what to do so my hope is that we get through this and then it makes us a little nicer to each other and then we also realize okay we have to have a plan in place in case a really bad one happens And we have to figure out what steps can be done to make sure that it doesn't happen again.
0: Right. Yeah, man. I mean, this is, that is definitely what, I mean, if we needed something like this, I wish it wasn't something that is going to kill a lot of people's grandparents. And I wish it was something, something a little less, but damn, you're totally right, man, because it's been a long time since we've had to, as a planet, deal with a problem at this level. And it's it's teaching us that there is a global civilization, it's teaching us that we are interconnected, and it's definitely inviting us to reprioritize our lives, man, yeah. because holy shit. And there's consequences to living in a way that you don't
1: feel are healthy or ethical. Right Like one of the reasons why they have those ag gag laws where you're not allowed to film factory farms is because be- because people would find it horrific right and that that would be bad for business well that's not how we're supposed to look at it see that is a, that's that's a symptom of terrible thinking right it's supposed to be the opposite way we're supposed to make it so that it's not horrific to look at right we're supposed to make it so that it's not this terrible thing now that's the difference between. Doing things that are uh, that feel natural and doing things that are horrific And the horrific ones are the ones where all the diseases are coming from if you think about these Mm. Farming operations like for just let's just think about these wet markets when you got all these Animals in the open air piled on top of each other dead animals laying on a plate dead animals laying on a table Some laid stretched out on the floor and you have them all over the place You're going to have problems there's going to be air and heat and bacteria is going to mix with each other, yeah. and then it creates things. That's what happened with the avian flu that happened in, in animal agriculture. Swine flu, same thing. These fucking flus, these horrible bugs, a lot of them come from animals. So you don't think it was a bioweapon? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think the real fear, if you talk to all the experts, the real fear is an actual known thing jumping yeah. from animal to human. We talked to one. That's what Yeah, when we were at the
0: CDC down I'll in never forget, I'll never forget it. it. I'll
1: never forget it either.
0: Scariest fucking interview ever of all, the, not just that show, just of all time, sitting with that, I wish I could remember his name, the guy who ran this, the head of the place.
1: Didn't we have some crazy flight too? We flew in and we didn't have any sleep. Dude, we we missed
0: a flight because we got stoned and we talked at the airport. (laughs) And we talked for like a fucking hour and a half. And then suddenly we're like, oh, fuck our flight. That's right. We didn't just miss it by like five minutes either. We missed it by like 20, (laughs) 30 minutes. (laughs) And we were at the airport. And it was empty at the airport. And we're like, oh, fuck, man. We have to tape this show tomorrow. You remember?
1: Yeah, so we had a fly, a different flight, and we we like barely got an hour's sleep, right? I think there I think one of us might have had some modafinil. Oh, that's right. We took that stuff. Yeah. That stuff, uh if you've never like New Vigil, if you've never had uh, or Pro Vigil or New Vigil, I think they're real similar. I don't yeah. remember which one I've used. Yeah. I think Pro Vigil is what I used. No, New Vigil. That's what I used. Definitely. New vigil. The new one. And it uh it doesn't it's not speed No. but it definitely gives you energy and it keeps you awake in the weirdest way It's like but you're making a, an agree, agreement like okay. Here's my agreement. I want to stay up um, But I promise to get sleep from now on right like, I'll, I'll get sleep the next day I'm not gonna keep using this there's not something I'm gonna keep using and stay up all the time
0: No, no, well, that's but, where you go crazy But That's
1: you can use it for that like sure. if you're a real crazy pro- Like I know some people that use that shit for writing they write on that shit. Yeah, And they feel like without it, they don't feel like they have any energy.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, that's the trap of all those things. Any Mm -hmm. kind, anything that's any kind of nootropic is gonna do that, man. It's like, but also, I think some people from the sleep deprivation—that's where they become antennas for the good ideas. You know, they like to get in this like fevered state of not sleeping for days at a time and go literally insane. And somewhere in there, they write really good stuff. That's what the, you know, news radio, the staff at news radio, they used to do that on purpose. Paul I Sims
1: Paul Sims, is a brilliant guy, the guy who created news radio, and he thought it would be a good idea to have a writing staff filled with uh, a, a bunch of psychos who were willing to play video games and stay up till 4 o'clock in the morning every yeah. night. And there was like this mad, vagabond crew That's of writers so cool. that he had assembled, and they would uh, play video games and uh, just talk shit and then they would start writing at like 2 a.m. sometimes. But they would come up with these amazing scripts they, and the scripts were so ridiculous. Some of them were so ridiculous and it's because they were delirious when That's they were it. writing them. They were just, instead of doing drugs, they were doing the drug of just staying awake.
0: Dude, this is for me, I've just, I'd started doing this about six months ago, maybe a little longer, uh, waking up at 4 a.m. Regardless of when I went to sleep, I was having some insomnia, and so I started I realized like shit I'll just like wake up when I wake up and then Waking up 4 a.m. if you have insomnia That is gonna cure your fucking insomnia because when nighttime rolls around you're exhausted, but not only that 4 a.m. is like the great time for Writing weird shit. Oh, yeah, you're still half asleep and Mm. the stuff you write is it's like really feels like you're tripping, you know, especially waking up at 4 a.m. and then like eating weed. I was doing that.
1: So you do eat weed first and then start writing?
0: Yeah, well no, my system before the fucking apocalypse was, and again, I wasn't doing this every day, but I did do it for a stretch because I got into David Goggins. Oh shit. the Goggins (laughs) flu, man. I'm waking up at four, I gotta go, I gotta go. (sighs) But uh, 4 a.m., eat weed, go to the gym. And because I was at the gym, because I was at the gym, that's where I would write. You were there that early? Well, no, because it would open at... I got there once before the gym opened. You must have felt like a savage. No, I didn't, dude, because what happened was I got to the gym, and then I did it. I felt pretty fucking cool, but then I went into the car, and I had, like, 30 minutes to blow. And I'm fucking stoned, man. And I'm sitting there, <laughs> baked. And I'm like, fuck <sighs> it, I'll just, like, sit, sit in the car and try to meditate. This is in the parking garage of the goddamn Hollywood Equinox. Now, let me tell you something, man. That area of Hollywood is already fucking weird, but I'm sitting there with my eyes closed, I'm kind of tripping. I feel like I'm half asleep, half awake. I look over, there are two dudes creeping up to my car window, creeping up there. And I'm like, what the fuck? I was sitting in the passenger side, I jumped to the driver's side, started the car, I'm driving through the parking garage stoned. These two weirdos were definitely walking up to my car. I'm, like, tripping. I'm, like, what the fuck? Fuck, I'm, fuck, I'm not going to work out. And so I, I leave, and I'm, like, what the fuck? I'm going to let these two, like, 4 a.m. weird vampires stop me from working out. So I drive back in. One of them's, like, leaning up against a pillar. Like, just staring at me. Creepy, dude. These people look like the Lost Boys or something. Well, You're...
1: they're probably preying on the cars of people that go to work out. They're probably looking for a car to break into. Right. I mean, that's what, like, 4 a.m. people that are out on meth, and they know that these assholes <sighs> that like to go to the gym and leave
0: their shit in their car. Right. There you go. There you go. It was terrifying. But, you know, it, it those that's what you get at 4 or 5 Four to five a.m. Mm-hmm. is you get math heads and you get people who are trying to improve their lives. It's the funniest mix of people. You get people who are like, I'm not going to waste a fucking second. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to write because that's when like, I mean, this is a woo idea. Feel free to light that shit again. But like there's this, oh, there's an idea of prana. Uh, Which is like energy. And and there's more energy in the morning than there is at night. So if you get up at four, you're getting like the the purest, most amount of this shit. So that's why a lot of people meditate it really early. Why like a lot of monks get up really early is because like it's a I don't know. It's just a very it's the most psychedelic time, way more psychedelic than like midnight. Yeah, and it has—you're you're, you're having—you're exerting
1: some form of control over your life.
0: That especially. Right? Just you're,
1: that. You're exerting discipline. Like my friend Jocko always says, discipline equals freedom. He gets up every morning at 4.30. Well, there you go. And he puts a photo of his watch on Instagram. And usually it says, go time or something along those lines. Get after it.
0: That's so fucking <laughs> Every cool. Every
1: fucking day. I, yeah.
0: It's the best. Driving, I mean, before the pandemic, when there was still traffic, driving around at 4 a.m., you're awake.
1: Mm-hmm. You're
0: half asleep. Also, it's, I think it's easier to work out that early because whatever part of you resists that shit is just like t- weak. You gotta be careful lifting weights in the morning. You gotta you really want to warm
1: up because you can injure yourself a little huh. easier sometimes. did know that. Yeah, because you're sleeping all night. And you're kind of stiff. You want to warm everything up. Get everything going. Huh. Um, they say that, uh, people lifting weights, it's not the best idea to lift like your personal record deadlifts and shit like that. First thing in the morning, no it's just, shit. yeah, you got to heat your body up. That makes sense. Your body's more heated up by the end of the day. By the end of the day, you're loose. You've been walking around, doing stuff, looking forward to your workout, getting pumped. And then you can go in there and work out. I used to love uh, jiu jujitsu class at 8:30 PM. For me, that was perfect because huh. jujitsu is like. Eight at eight thirty, it's like, man, I'm, I got plenty of energy. I've eaten all day, you know. It's like I'm not tired yet. Like going to bed tired, but you know, because back then I was going to bed at like two o'clock in the morning every every night anyway. But it was like eight thirty was perfect. Oh. Done done by ten. I'd hit the comedy store, be on stage at eleven.
0: That's crazy. I, I don't like working out at night. You'll I agree. loved
1: it. Loved it. It's great because you you're you have energy, but. You do, but it's easy to do because you wake up at noon, you know, and just fucking stumble out of bed Do whatever bullshit you have to do that day if I have my day off if I'm, you know, doing stand-up at night Yeah, it's easy you just eat and hang out and then eventually work out But if you get up in the morning, you get a little bit of a victory Yeah, a little bit of a victory just having accomplished that thing You've gotten up and then next thing you know you're doing chin-ups
0: Maybe you're doing chin-ups You don't do any chimps? Well, I could do like two. Do the, then do two. What I would do, what, more of what it would be is like me sitting on those nice couches at Equinox <laughs> writing. Because, like, I so don't want to work out. Yeah, I would procrastinate. <laughs> and that's what I realized is like I do my best writing at the gym. That's hilarious. So, well, do you bring a little notebook with you? Fuck yeah. I just started oh. bringing my gear there to mm. write. And then I would just sit and write. And I would spend so much time writing because that part of you that doesn't want to work out would rather write.
2: Yeah. It's like when
0: you have to write and you find yourself cleaning,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's that, you know, you can like sort of convert your procrastination into something Productive. positive.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's but interesting.
0: Then I would go work out, you know, but I would like, I was so, when I was doing that, man, I was getting the best ideas. I was just running on the treadmill stoned at, you know, five 30 or whenever the fucking <laughs> gym opened, And you know, I was listening to this. Like I, I started listening to, that was when I was listening to Goggins. So I'd be blasted listening to Goggins running on the fucking treadmill, like, yeah, fuck yeah. i am gonna do an ultra fucking marathon. How about that? I'm never gonna do an ultra marathon. You listen to him too, and he's aware that people like me are gonna be hypnotized by him because he's like, Don't do what I'm doing. You can kill yourself. He <laughs> <laughs> you knows like there's all people like whose hearts are just exploding. I, how many build people up to it? How many people do you think have collapsed at the gym because of David Goggins? I bet like what, 30,000 people have just like driven themselves? Oh, yeah,
1: for sure. There's probably a lot of blown-out knees out there. Blown-out Fucked knees. Fucked-up backs, yeah. torn
0: biceps. That guy will run with his foot falling off. <laughs> this, that book is really good. What's that? It's called Can't Hurt Can't Me? Can't Hurt Me? Yeah. Jeez, it's like... It's amazing. He, like, sews his calf muscle back on with Psst. twigs and becomes a <laughs> Navy SEAL. <laughs> he's a badass, man. 100%. That guy could, like... I could like if that guy wanted to like burrow into an elephant, he could. Like he's a, a good dude
1: too. I like hanging out with him. He must be. I've hung out with him a few times. Gone to dinner a few times. Really? Gone to Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he went to the fights a couple times. He's a he's a good dude. He's a fun guy. Me I, and my I friend. Enjoy think,
0: him. Me and my friend think he's enlightened.
1: He's something. He's something special. There's there's a switch that that guy has that we all wish we had, where he can he can power through. But also he's a, a beacon of inspiration like for for other people yeah. when david goggins does the shit that he does and and when he has those speeches while he's running yeah. you know like it's like was talking to him it was like 104 degrees outside and he goes why are you running he goes i'll tell you why i'm running because you're not motherfucker <laughs> 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 yeah he, he goes that's why i'm running and you know and he's out there just con- i mean he's he's constantly doing it like he's constantly
0: pushing himself that's what i love to me that's the he's like a servant in that way he's a servant he's a servant to the world he's he's not just like he's really giving people because like he's he posts pictures of himself when he was like sort of fat all the time Mm -hmm. man i'm like he's showing people like look this is the possibility at any moment you can do this at any moment and i love that because i do i know when i see him like he's like running through glass he's running (laughs) like you know he's like (sighs) running through like swarms of mosquitoes and malarial swamps just to show people look it doesn't the part of you that's telling you that you can't do this because of x in your environment is probably wrong not all the time but for sure man a lot of the time Wrong and, a lot of the time and that for a lot of us. That's like so Powerful like I've net of all the self-help books. I've listened to I listened to on audible That's the best one by far, hands down. That's the best one man,
1: but because it's real It's not from a guy who really hasn't done anything that's trying to get you motivated to go out there and conquer in life It's from a guy who's actually done some really fucking crazy shit and It's telling you that you can do it too and that he used to be weak. Yeah He's doing something right now because Cameron Haynes son Truett is trying to break Goggins 24-hour uh, Chin-up record. So Goggins was at He was like when I think it's on Cameron Haynes' Instagram page see if he let put the video on his Instagram page But he was at some ungodly number of chin-ups What? when they were making the, the video He's, He's trying like, to break I've been, that
0: break that record. Yeah.
1: He's like I've been doing chin-ups for nine hours straight <laughs> Fuck that. And he was at like 1,500 chin-ups or something stupid. Crazy. Yeah, and he still had uh, all those hours to go. So I think it's, it might even be like a two-day thing. I don't know how many days they're supposed to be doing this. But it's some, does he have it in there with Goggins? Is there a video of Goggins doing chin-ups? I mean, the stories of Goggins. I hope I'm not releasing any information that shouldn't get out. Is this live again? Nope. Oh, there you go. Can't find it. Eh. Whatever. Anyway. Um you want to see this show? He's doing. I would love to see your show. So Dude. anyway, shout out to Truett. out, shout out to Truitt. Good and, luck, uh,
0: Truitt.
1: Shout out to uh Goggins. I hope, I hope they they battle. Um
0: all right. This thing, Netflix.
1: I told him What's I was, it called?
0: Mid, it's called the Midnight Gospel. The Midnight Gospel with Duncan Trussell in Pendleton Ward, the guy who made Adventure all right. Time, this cartoon. Beautiful. It comes out 420. Um, Look at that. Netflix. This has never been seen. It's exclusive for your show. They (sighs) gave us permission. This is Joey Diaz is in this. And this is uh, a podcast I did. I'm taking off my glasses. Yeah, I'm going to take mine off. This is a podcast I did with Damien Eccles. Do you know who that is? He was Um, like in the group of kids who got accused of Murdering someone in the woods. There's a whole no. Oh, yeah. There's like a whole documentary about him on uh, I think HBO It's like basically he would this dude the, I had him on my podcast. He wrote a book on magic. He practices magic, but oh. uh, Jesus Duncan. he was on he was on death row and They did a DNA test that exonerated him, but Whoa. he was like about to be executed He's on death row studying Zen Buddhism like a Zen priest was working with him to like basically like you know prepare him for his death, you know, so he was he was badly beaten on death row. Oh. He was almost executed, then he was um exonerated because of DNA, but uh, we did this interview before the show obviously, and this is just a way that we figured out to take podcasts and put him in Hey, once he gets exonerated, did it before we start this. Does he get do they have to pay him? I don't know. It's a great question. I think maybe part of it that they may, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to say because I have no idea. I have no idea. I think I mean, they
1: guy's on death row for yeah. the wrong reason, I mean, it seems like you owe him something. Well, yeah. He's I would, literally innocent. Yeah, I would say. He's think an actual so. innocent person yeah. that you almost killed and then you, tre- you made their life hell. Yeah. I mean, imagine the torture of knowing you didn't do something but being accused of that thing.
0: Well, I know, man. And knowing
1: it's going to cost you your life and yeah. you really didn't do it. Yeah. Well, let's play it. You know how in certain Buddhist traditions, yeah, like say Tibetan
0: Buddhism, they talk about, uh, what's the word they use? Empowerment. Sure. You know, it's like a current of energy yes. that is passed along from master to student. Ceremonial magic is the exact same thing. The Knights Templar started receiving this current whenever they were over there. That's how it makes its way back to Europe. Hmm. Eventually, it makes its way to the United States through uh, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, which was the order that Crowley was a member of before he you know, went off to
1: the OTO. Mm-hmm. You had McGregor Mathers, Dion Fortune, the poet W.B. Yeats. All of these people were members of the Golden Dawn. That's how this current makes its way to the US. One second.
2: Hey, Steve! What the fuck?
0: You need to shine that light in my fucking eyes? If that's how you're gonna talk to customers, (laughs) I'll just take my ship full of cats and find another junk Uh, island. A a ship full of cats? Ah,
1: shit. My apologies! Look at all these wonderful gifts and gadgets here. We got a fresh printer, time slapper, and some cans, and... oh, You want that? A vintage and Ugh, It ain't cheap, pal. It's gonna be five cats. He's bluffing. I can get it for three. Watch this.
0: Three. Five. Fine, Steve. Four. And that's my last offer. All right.
2: You're taking flakes out of my minnow's mouth, but fine. Four it is. Send them
1: over. (laughs) (laughs) So Duncan Trussell. That's so bizarre. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. It was like. It was the craziest thing working on that show with Pendleton cuz he's like a an like you know we throw the word genius around but the guy's an actual genius. So it was like really 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 cool to get to do just
1: So to, it, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you but it's a, so it's a combination of your podcast and then some interstitial stuff that like you, you, you that you is like yeah. scripted.
0: It's yeah, it's like basically my character is this guy Clancy who lives in a place called the Chromatic Ribbon, where people use multiverse simulators to simulate universes so that they go inside and harvest the technology and sell it. And so my character has a malfunctioning used multiverse simulator that isn't really working to produce technology. And and because it's malfunctioning, every single world in it is going through some kind of apocalypse. And so... My character goes into his simulator and interviews people in the in the dying world. So that's basically the idea of the show. So we took podcast dialogue It's basically What happens with you know during the apocalypse what's going to happen people are going to do podcasts people are going to still have conversations So these conversations we just set them in these surreal universes where shits (laughs) melting down and, you know, where, like, Clancy meets these various people and kind of learns from them. What's you know?
1: crazy is you started this a long time ago, and
0: it's coming to fruition right when the yeah. apocalypse hits. I like, know, dude. Know. That's the thing. It's like a little on the nose. I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I didn't want...
1: It's on the nose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it, – it's almost like it, – it's, it's almost like you knew. It's almost like you had a time – and then the universe is like, this is a perfect time for Duncan shit to come out. And let's, right. let's coincide it. I mean, look, just look at how bizarre your show is. Yeah. How strange. And then the fact that it's a hybrid of podcast conversations and then written stuff. So strange. Yeah, it's man. It's a perfect time for it.
0: Uh, yeah. I, you know, I think it is a perfect time for it. And I hope, like, because some of the, like, every guest we, was, we chose for this, they all had this, like, Really, like amazing thing to say. Like Eccles in this episode, one of the things he says, you know, I asked him, like, do you feel like you kind of like were blessed that you ended up in solitary confinement? Because that's where he woke up. Mm. That's where he started meditating. That's where he started studying magic. That's where he started working on himself. Because there was nothing else to do. Right. And in this, one he's he says, like, I feel luckier than some millennials out there right now who are like completely disconnected. Because that's the coolest thing about him is you would expect a person who'd been on death row to be bitter. He's the sweetest, most genuine, wonderful person ever. And it's like whatever went on in the situation of being on the brink of the abyss where he's about to get... Murdered by the state for something he didn't do something about that didn't turn him into Someone who was like shell-shocked or angry, but like really turned him into like someone very compassionate Mm. And and I guess grateful for his life, you know, and that to me like it's like he's like the Goggins of death row I mean if you can be not bitter after being on death row for something you didn't do and like getting physically assaulted you know, just wondering every day if you were going to die. If like you can still maintain an attitude of service or contribution to society in some way or another, then any of us can. Any of us can. You know, like mm. any of us can. And to me, that's like I think that's I hope some of that stuff trickles out from the show into the world right now, especially, man. Right now, especially when you say he studies magic. What do you mean by that? So, um, well, he wrote a great book called High Magic, which is, I think that's what it's called. It's a fantastic book on magic, is really the wrong word for it. There's a, an entire like uh, mythos or religion that got sort of wiped out by, um, Terrence McKenna talks about it a lot. It got kind of wiped out by, um, I guess, you know, superstition. So, witchcraft as we understand it now, because of Hollywood is like, you know, ladies riding around on brooms and shit, but it just used to be (laughs) mid mid midwifery. It used to be like healing women who would like deliver babies and stuff. And, but these, these were all connected to, they're all at pagan roots. And, um, and so essentially you, you can follow back this branch of data that some people say started in Sumeria or Egypt, uh, ways of, um, meditating ways of connecting with the universe that are ritualistic in nature but seem mysterious to us because even though like if you want to see what it looks like just look at a catholic mass you're looking at a ceremony it's theurgy i guess you'd call it that is a magical ceremony where bread gets converted into the flesh of a god that you eat so that's a you're watch. They're all wearing robes. They're burning incense. So, so that is magic. That's what ceremonial magic looks like. It's non-different from ceremonial magic. Someone in the Catholic Church might tell you, this isn't magic. This is me praying to the infinite and asking for forgiveness. That's magic. You're connecting with a divine intelligence. You're hoping from your connection with the divine intelligence to produce some change in your own psychology in your own life and maybe create good fortune or whatever it is you're praying for healing, uh, whatever it may be, that's magic. So magic is that, and that it's, I'm not saying the Catholic Catholicism wouldn't necessarily be considered, uh, a branch of magic. But I mean, one of the things he said in this interview is like, if the Bible is one of the most powerful magical grimoires there is, I mean, you read that shit. If you really look in it, There's all kinds of bizarre stuff that doesn't seem to make it onto Christian radio. Like what? Well, like when in the book of Genesis, it's why are they saying, why do they refer to themselves as a plurality? When God's talking, it's not like if when they're saying like, why do we throw Adam and Eve out of the garden? It's we. If we don't do something about this, they will become like us. We. There's a plurality that's being mentioned there. Mm. And so what is that plurality? So throughout the Bible, there's mentions of angels. The book of Ezekiel, the famous one that ufologists go to. is There's all these contacts with angels, hyperdimensional beings that have some data set they want to bring to the world. Quite often, depending on what book you're in, it's some terrifying prophecy about the end of the world that's coming. But sometimes it's, you know, some message of hope or some message of healing. So you could say magic is a non-Christian oriented method for connecting with those various entities using ritual. That's one branch of it. Um, Now, I'm not saying, by the way, these beings exist or don't exist, but you could say if you wanted to get like... Psychologically, you could say we have buried inside of us um, bit archetypes, bits of the collective that are buried deep inside of us. And that there are ways to connect to these uh, little fragments of the collective mind. And, you know, many people know, have their own method for doing that. One of the methods to do that might be doing a ritual. And, And for a moment, allowing yourself to imagine that you're trying to talk to an extra dimensional being. Alistair Crowley famously did one of these rituals and contacted a oh God, what was the, I can't remember what the being was called, but it looks like a gray alien. This is before people were talking about gray aliens. We well, you looked that did up. Did he draw it? He draw drew it. He There's a drawing of it, yeah, and it looks like a gray alien. It's what like, year
1: was this? It's
0: like the eighteen hundreds.
1: Alistair Crowley was in the
0: 1800s? Yeah, right. 18, 1900s. Dude, when yeah. you keep
1: pulling at your ghillie suit, you remind me of a drunk, overweight girl with large breasts <laughs> that keeps adjusting her halter top. <laughs> <laughs> like you're in Florida outside we're, drinking at some we're motel. A great night. I told that motherfucker, yeah, I'm going no, to I leave you. I'm going it. to leave you, Clarence. <laughs> I'm tired of your <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> I tell them with a cigarette in their hand, wow, look at that drawing by Aleister Crowley. Yeah. That does look like a gray alien. Yeah, man. And he That's like That's what we're gonna look like, man. Let's cut the shit. Yeah. Right? That's what we're gonna look like. Right? When you when you see people that are hairy and 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 brutish, you, we think of them as being like closer to prehistoric man, right? Yeah. When you see a, a guy covered in hair. He looks more like a beast. Yeah. And when we see people that are thinner and more slender, they become more more a gentle version of people and we associate that oftentimes with intelligence. We associate directly associate intelligence with frailty. Right? We all do that. Yes. When you see some some super genius guy, usually they're frail. Right. When occasionally they're badasses. But there's a lot of those super genius guys Hawking. that couldn't fight their way out of a wet paper bag. Right. Well Hawking's the ultimate example because his body literally failed him yeah. while he was coming up with his greatest discoveries. Yeah. So this is this is our future.
0: We're That's gonna have right. big
1: heads. We're gonna, they're they're going to fucking crisper your way into a head that lets you <laughs> live in any dimension you want at any time. Mm. You, you transport yourself from one planet to the other. We're, the, 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 imagine what we've done with our stupid monkey brains. Now imagine it was 150% larger. 150% yeah. more brain and then incorporated all sorts of fucking electronics that lets you interface with space time around you and all kinds of other wacky ways of communicating we couldn't even possibly imagine now, just yeah. like people from the 1800s couldn't
0: have ever possibly
1: imagined cell phones. Right,
0: and this is the idea is like, okay, we're gonna go there. And yeah. then when we get there, the way we understand space time is gonna be different than the way we understand it now. Yeah. So what that means is, Theoretically, you could connect or communicate with a being that is outside of space time, which is a future version of us right now, using like various methods. DMT being one of the big ones on the planet right now, but also using other methods that are a little bit more precise. Because with DMT, it's kind of like you're not really putting in GPS coordinates necessarily. Some people do it with intention, like a shaman will do it like... With intention and and can like, you know, excuse me, can you give me another Bloody Mary? I told you, Clarence, (laughs) I'll fucking leave
1: you. Cigarette in your hand, flip-flops on. I will fucking leave you. Clarence, if you keep summoning these demons, I am out of here. Clarence is over there with Miller like, you ain't going nowhere. Just stop. (laughs) Stop Just fucking stop. You always do this. She gets drunk. She says she's leaving. I'm going to fucking leave you. I'm out of here, Clarence. Clarence, I'm gonna fucking leave you you son of a bitch. I'm putting on my ghillie suit and going down to
0: Tampa. You son of a bitch I'm gonna visit my family in Clearwater. I'm out of here Clarence. It's over. Anyway. Yeah Maybe you can connect through time and space to These things that are already here like our understanding of time and space. We're locked in man, but like so magic is like ridiculous on one level as it absolutely sounds and is on one level on another level is at the very least a creative technique so Mm. that you can sort of summon a dream state while you're awake with the intent of causing some change in the world around you using for a lot of people what would be considered a non-standard way well just in terms of your perception
1: of how you view the world you can alter that pretty radically I mean, from someone who has an amazingly positive perception versus someone who has an amazingly negative perception, you look at the results. Right. Overwhelming benefit of being a positive person. Overwhelming. There's there's something to thoughts and ideas that propel you in a good way and for having a good architecture, for having a good philosophy, having a good operating manual for how you view the world and how you act and behave. Part of that's you getting up at four o'clock in the morning. That's what that is. You're like enforcing your ability to sort of dictate the positive aspects of your future. You're you're deciding to take action. You're yeah, strengthening your bond with the, with the way you interface with current reality.
0: And I was doing it, ri- I mean, not ritualistically. What happened? Why stop? What the fuck? Oh, Christmas. Mm. God Listen, damn it. Listen, man, if you want to meet me here, I'll
1: meet you here. We could do some 5 a.m. Oh, sessions. I'd love that, man. Let's
0: do it. I mean... Yeah,
1: I would love that Let's do it I'm 100% down Yeah Come down here We'll get pumped We'll put Slayer on And fucking rock out <laughs> rock! <laughs> I'm down What else do we have to do? What else do we have to do? it would be a great thing Look, I'll tell you one thing though I am enjoying not going out I'm enjoying it I'm enjoying uh, being home most of the day Other than the, t- the days I do podcasts But not doing shows at night Gives you so much more energy Yeah Oh my god, it's crazy You're, Like can you feel like rested? feel good
0: i fucking love it man it's i get to be with my son more it's like really nice the place we just moved into whoever lived there before us had a f- flourishing garden so i've just been going out back pulling spinach out of the ground oh, and wow. like, i know man it's so, so they tough. left
1: you food they left us food oh, that's pretty dope yeah that's such a such a smart thing if you have a yard i get mad at myself for not having a garden i don't have a garden right now i've had one in the past but i don't have a garden right now yeah, I think it's a like especially now we should realize like man you should have food in a freezer somewhere and you should have a garden. That's right, and a gun. But I got some elk for you.
0: Do you really? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Ow, man, a lot. Our, the Our trussles milk, would
0: be very grateful.
1: Milk, yep. for some yeah. elk. I have. Uh, I bought a box of uh, these insulated freezer bags for people too. Dude, thank you. Yeah, it's such a. That's a nice aspect to being a hunter because you you have you get hundreds of pounds of meat from one animal. So you can share that with a lot of people. It's really it's feel, It makes me feel real good that I'm giving some to people. Then they send me pictures of cooked food. I'm like, oh, Tom Papa just sent me this picture. Really? This roast that he cooked. Yeah, he's an elk fiend now. Tom Papa eats a shitload of elk. Well, I don't think I've ever had elk. <laughs> You'd love it. It's delicious. I'm going to give you a bunch of different kinds, but the sausage is the easiest to make. Cool. So easy. You just pan fry it. You can do it in butter. I prefer to do it in beef tallow. I just sear it in beef tallow. My favorite way to do it is I get to get it to like a – medium medium temperature and then i
0: uh put tomato
1: sauce in with and let it simmer in the tomato sauce
0: man you're the best that's gonna be so cool for my kid to have apocalyptic rogan elk (laughs) that's gonna be the best to bring back elk during a pandemic to your family well that's an elk i mean that's an elk that died
1: from a shot from a bow and arrow you know i mean that's a there's something about that to me that there's there's more power to the the meat it's like i not more power in that it's like a powerful thing do more power in that like i know what that animal was that animal is a wild beast evading predators and me a stupid doughy human being managed to sneak into range where i could hit it and kill it in one shot with a bow and arrow i even have a video of it that my friend cam haynes took so i have this animal that dropped and then we took it apart and butchered it, and now I eat it. When I eat it, I think of what that animal was. That animal lived a majestic life, and if I didn't take it out, it would have gotten taken out by mountain lions or bears, or it would have froze to death in the winter. Sometimes that happens. Their teeth get ground down, and it was an older male too, which is what you want to get because those are the ones that have passed their DNA down. So there's a story to that meat, and there's a connection to that meat, and there's no risk from that meat. When you're when you're thinking about the risk to society of um, like these kind of diseases that happen through agriculture. I think one of the reasons why that is is because it's not natural ever for animals to be stuffed together like that. So when it is, nature's just like fuck you for breaking the rules and then these viruses start spreading. Yeah. It's almost like that's what it is for being unnatural because the, the those kind of diseases don't exist that much in animals in nature. They do sometimes, like brucellosis, like some buffalo have brucellosis. It's a bad disease that cattle can get. And then it can infect the cattle, and sometimes elk have it too. Like there's a few diseases, like animals always have diseases. But it seems like those ones that jump to people, the vast majority of them have
0: come from us treating animals in a very unnatural way. That's true. But, dude, I don't mean to get all conspiratorial here, but isn't it a little weird that Wuhan is where that virology laboratory was? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, like,
1: I don't know. To me, they're just— It's seeing- weird, but it's also weird that there's bats laying on the floor there. Good point. That's weird, too, and we know for a fact that diseases jump from— Um, they, they're tracing these things. This is what's fucked up. Michael Osterholm, who was on—who was—he's uh, a— expert in infectious diseases and viruses and stuff like that, he was explaining to us how they know certain diseases are morphing, and they're changing, they become more and more human-like. And they, they were talking about this, actually this one that deer get, that's called CWD. And um, it's uh, called chronic wasting disease. And it, it, they first discovered it, my friend Doug Duran sent me a synopsis of when they first discovered it. But I believe it existed in like the 1980s is when they first started seeing it in animals. Uh, but it was like a mule deer here, an animal there, but now it's infected like a giant population of deer in the Midwest, and um, they don't really have a cure for it, it's fatal 100% of the time, and it hasn't made the jump to people, but it could, Mm. and they're scared, and Michael Osterholm was saying this, basically these things are morphing all the time, they're becoming more and more human-like. They're becoming more and more like something that can invade a human host. See that bro that's terrifying 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 and th- i think there's a battle constantly going on between these things that hog up too much resources and take up too much of a population slice like humans we're on every goddamn rock everywhere and nature tries to throw curveballs at you i mean that's what nature does nature's like what are you doing you living in your own shit oh great here's the plague you know like th- that's what's happened throughout history with whether it was with poor sanitation or whether it was you know animal agriculture, whatever the fuck it is, people have caught weird diseases throughout time. Whether it's different animals could bite you and give you Ebola, yeah. you know that kind of shit. These, I mean, these weird diseases have existed forever, and they're they're basically the same as like viral panthers. Right, what's a panther? A panther's got to make sure there's not too many deer.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: The panther is the fucking cleanup crew because if it wasn't for that, there would be fucking deer everywhere. Right. Like you're from North Carolina, Yeah, you know what it's like in the country. It's crazy yeah. sometimes. Cuz North Carolina doesn't have any mountain lions. North Carolina doesn't have any wolves. So like maybe they have a little bit of wolves, but not not a lot, right? They got some bears and they got a lot of deer. They're yeah. fucking everywhere. Like yep. New York State they have a terrible situation with deer in, like, Long Island. There's parts of Long Island that were infested with deer. And uh, they're like, what are we doing? We can't – what are you going to – just shoot them? Just going to go out and shoot them? They're trying to give them birth control? They're thinking about giving deer's birth control? Oh, no shit. Yes. Because there's no animals out there to eat them. So they just keep fucking. They just keep fucking and overpopulating.
0: Did you read The Stand? Yes, I did. Remember that – seat that was one of the things he talks about is how, as – is they're going down the highway, they would hit – like herds of deer so thick oh, that's right. it would like block the highway because they were like starting to overpopulate there because there was no one there to like call the herd
1: dude i had a gig once when i was living in new york and it was in western massachusetts so western massachusetts if you are in new york where i was in new rochelle you could get there in a few hours like it was like two and a half three hours or something like that you get to where this area is And where the fucking gig was, was so infested with deer. I've never seen anything like it in my life. You're driving down the street, and it was probably... It was hot out, so it was probably the summer. So I was driving down the street and these things are just jumping in front of the car, left and right, I was like, this is nuts. Coming home on the highway was terrifying. I had to go 30 miles an hour on the highway just with my foot hovering, just ready to stomp on the brakes because these motherfuckers were just running in front of the highway. I saw a hundred of them. I saw them all over the place. I might have seen 200 of them driving home. Everywhere you looked, there was fucking deer. Yeah. Why because there's no predators it's an imbalance and eventually something's gonna happen and one of the things that has happened is Lyme disease These fucking deer have spread this terrible disease to so many people out there through the ticks Yeah, the ticks have jumped from the the, the deer because there's so many of them There's fucking ticks everywhere because they're well-fed and like some ungodly percentage of these ticks have fucking Lyme disease right and they jump on people and they give it to people and the people get sick you know, and then the people have to have a reaction to these deer. So they want to go out and slaughter the deer. Right. There's too, it's almost like nature is trying to
0: balance itself out. Right. Or is. Ba- I mean, like, yes. you know, for us, the goddamn COVID 19 is the worst thing that's happened to people in their lifetime in the sense like the shit we're experiencing right now is completely unique. Yeah. But for COVID 19, I guess it's the equivalent of humans like colonizing another planet. Like that right. fucking virus just like what it did is for it's amazing like it finally made its way out of one biome into another Like yep. it pulled it off whoever was down there mutating somebody had the great idea to like do whatever they did i guess it's like to create a way to connect to those two receptors what's it called This like it's like a it connects to these two anyway i don't know, i wouldn't know what the fuck i'm talking about it's that's okay just, it's like but it like it, what it did is so spectacular for the virus what's a you know catastrophe for humans it's glory for the covid-19 like super organism that's now sweeping through the human biome you know yeah and you know what else it did that's really interesting it made
1: it so that it doesn't give you any symptoms and you're still contagious for days worst case scenario so you can just keep spreading it yeah yeah there was i was reading uh a friend sent me an email um from aspen where uh apparently there's one australian tourist a bunch of australian tourists had it but one guy refused to quarantine and he went skiing and went to restaurants rode the bus and like it's like a movie it's but it's a movie right like that's what happens in a movie like there's this new thing going around and this guy's like Fuck that. I'm here to ski. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm here to ski. I'm going to eat. I'm going to yeah. a restaurant. I'm riding the bus. Fuck it. Wow. What a dick. But that's in the movie. That's what happens, right? There's a, a guy who's in the lab, and they're like, you have to be quarantined in the lab. And the guy's like, fuck this. I'm going outside. And he has a cigarette, and then something bites him and runs off. And then that thing carries it in its teeth and bites a person. And the next thing, it spreads to people and yep. bugs. And next thing you know, it's a fucking epidemic, and it goes through this. And then turns everybody into zombies. Yeah, Right? that's twenty eight days later, right? was yeah. it a monkey? They were working on some sort of a disease, and the monkey it got was out. PETA rage.
0: It was like some. It was a. It was yes. an animal rights group trying to free monkeys that had an experimental shit had been pumped into yes. them, and the monkeys like attack the people trying to save them. Yes. And those people instant instantly turn into zombies and spread through the planet.
1: Well, I was reading about this mountain lion that tried to attack this. I think it was a police officer. Well, someone I forget who the. But the cops had to wind up shooting the mountain lion, but the the mountain lion had rabies. And now, how crazy is rabies? Rabies tricks you into biting people to give them rabies. Like raccoons, raccoons are usually terrified of people. They'll just run up on you when they got rabies. Squirrels, rats, all sorts of things. They're not scared of you at all. They'll just fucking jack you if they have rabies. They come after you and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Well, that thing is trying to give you its disease. It's a zombie movie. And if you don't go to a doctor, well, if you go to a doctor, they can fix it. But if you don't go to a doctor, rabies is fatal. It's just straight up fatal. There's like one person ever that survived from rabies, and he probably wishes he didn't. Why? He probably was horrific probably i mean i don't know i don't even does it even... cause
0: permanent like neurological oh, who knows? damage but
1: there's very few cases of people surviving it's more than 99% fatal rabies is a terrible disease to die from apparently too oh it looks fucking awful man but there's a lot of animals that have it and they want to bite you that's so <laughs> it's crazy so crazy it makes uh, m- normally animals that are f- afraid of people it makes them aggressive to people
0: well i mean dude did you read that thing about that guy who like knew he had aids and was Infecting people on purpose. He was like getting off on like giving people AIDS like you wonder how much of that Was his decision and how much of it was some dark Mutation where it started. Yes, I mean because think of like okay, I don't know trying to spread. I know you do this I do it i I try not to do it as much but the spreading of bad news like you hear some bad thing that just happened This person died this catastrophe happened you get on the phone and call somewhere like hey Did you hear? And there's this weird rush and like Mm. spreading the bad news. You're kind of getting off on it. So in the same way your idea swarm concept, it's the same thing with bad news. You you become a carrier for the darkness. And so you call it now, I'm not saying don't tell people when awful shit's going on, but sometimes I notice I'll go through periods where all I'm doing is telling people about shit they should be afraid of, you know, spreading. And usually the way you do it is through some story about what's happening in the world. That's really a form of contagion, you know, and then that spreads and spreads and spreads and spreads. And then everyone's freaked the fuck out. And who knows, man, maybe that creates the condition of sleepiness or sleepwalking that we need. For these viruses to appear, you know, yeah, I wonder
1: a, what it is that's so attractive to us about breaking the news
0: I don't know. Did you hear who died? I used Did to you hear what happened in India When Did Michael the, Jackson died, mm. i made a point of every everybody. single one who called me You didn't tell I know and they're like you hear I'm like no what? <laughs> Just to get them off to let them have ah! the moment of like I hadn't heard yet. <laughs> like holy shit. Really? That's hilarious. Wow Wow, no, you've got to be fucking kidding me. You're joking, right? Because it's like, they, you know, for them, I don't know what that feeling is. That's
1: hilarious. <laughs>
0: do it the next time some awful thing happens. Like, give your uh, friends the satisfaction. People are going to know now. They're going to hear this podcast. They're going to <laughs> no, know I no, used your it. trick.
1: <laughs> it's true, though, man. What is the rush of telling people?
0: I don't you know. know. It's probably built into us, right? Because it's like a survival thing. Like if you were, if you were in a community and you knew a fire was coming, you want to tell people. So there's probably some reward mechanism. The worst
1: is when someone told you, but they, f- you forgot they told you, so you try to tell them, and oh, they're like, yeah. "I told you." Oh, you <laughs> shitty listener! I broke the news to you. My wife does that to me all the time. She's like, "I told you, dummy." I'm like, "Oh no!" Oh, I hate that feeling. <laughs> That's the worst. When you get caught not listening. You're like, oh. yeah, I knew. I was just saying it again. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, you tried to do some <laughs> pathetic escape from your lack of From fucking... your
1: failure. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 I didn't really fail. I did it to myself.
0: No, I knew exactly. I remember what I know, you were saying. I know, I know, I know. I'm just talking out loud. <laughs> that is the That's the worst. I don't, that ha- My wife has done that. Actually, I, where she's like, wait, well, what did I just say? And you're like, you were talking about... <laughs> The baby. Oh yeah. Dude, when
1: people are around each other all the time, they learn how to filter each other out. They have to. You, have you, to. you need your alone space, and sometimes you get it while you're still there. You get it, but while you're still there, by zoning out. Yes. You just got to be present more than you are doing that. That's right. That's that seems to be the
0: key. You got to zone, man. It's okay to zone. Like, don't get into some ridiculous. Definitely don't beat yourself up for zoning. Like. No,
1: well, especially as a creative person, I think zoning, spacing out sometimes, and just being bored sometimes where the best ideas come from yeah because you could you can sit around and think about things like today we're never bored I mean this is a this is a common complaint about people when they're talking about one of the consequences unintended consequences of social media addiction is that you're never bored and that being bored is actually probably not a bad thing because it fills your head up with ideas and you start right. thinking about things and occasionally you're thinking about things that are good that you might not have thought of if you're just staring at people's butts on Instagram
0: that's right yeah boredom well that's like the guy I work with you, like with meditation, this guy David Nickturn, we, he, t- he teaches me about boredom. We, it's a Buddhist concept. Hot boredom and cool boredom. There's mm. two types of boredom. One of them is where you're like, man, that's like the addictive boredom, where you're like, I'm gonna get out, I gotta get, you know, I'm bored, but there's this sense of like, ah. The other type of boredom, cool boredom, that's more like what you're talking about, yeah. which is like just being okay, where you're at, in the moment. But admitting to yourself, this is boring. Like, that's one of the things. <laughs> it's boring. Like, yeah. I'm bored right now. Like this. YouTube is...
1: videos are more fun. I'm going to go see something crazy on YouTube. See a yeah. car yeah. chase.
0: Yeah. It's a fucking... Do you, do, you, do you ever, like, go to your phone when you wake up at night? Do you do that? Is that your go-to? Like you When go... I wake up at night? Do you ever no. wake up at night?
1: I do, and I try to go back to sleep. I never just stay up. I just go back to sleep.
0: See, that's what I... Man, I got to stop doing it. Because I'll wake up, and the first thing I do, reach over for the phone... Start looking at it, waiting to get sleepy again. Next- doesn't doesn't
1: make you sleepy. It wakes you up. It wakes you up. Yeah, it's not good. It stimulates that area of your brain that gets lit up by electronics. Beep, 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 beep. It's so exciting and stimulating. Next thing you know, you're awake. I do the, the smoke pot thing, too, and then write, but... Um, sometimes I do the smoke pot and workout thing and then it becomes the smoke pot and right thing just because the The rush right after you get high is like those are where the best ideas come from And like I feel like you got to grab those fuckers while you have them And if it means postponing your workout for an hour like th- that's actually the smart thing to do yeah. It's the 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 dumb thing to do to go through the workout first because especially if you got high because those ideas they're coming hard and fast for like the first part of the high and you probably won't get them like that for the rest of the high huh. so while you go from being straight sober to the big rush that you get in the beginning that's when all my best ideas come from it's the big rush which is like an hour from getting high to an hour later, that's the big rush. That's when I feel like I get the most, like, where the fuck did that come from ideas? Yeah. And the best writing. Like, when I write things, it's, like, the, the cleanest. It's the, the Filled with the most gems. There's more stuff in it. And then the other stuff is, like, editing it and putting it apart and taking it apart. But if you don't capitalize on that rush, I feel like you only get one of those a day. One big, especially, like, if you're, if you're sober and then you, you get high... That one first high rush of the day, that's not doesn't last that long, and if you keep staying high, I don't think it's the same. I think no. staying high, you sort of settle in, right? Yeah. Yeah, but the rush of just getting high is like, wow, ah, yeah, so many ideas. If you wasted that by doing chin ups, you're an asshole. Just I agree. Go right, I right, agree. and then lift
0: afterwards. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, this is yeah. You've got to harvest when yeah. when it's when the when the. When the wheat is yes. growing, you've got to harvest. You can't yes. just... But it's easy to trick yourself into thinking, oh, no, I've got to stick to my fucking workout, or whatever the thing is. It's not just working out. It's like, whatever. Mm. I think it's important to prioritize those moments. I mean, especially if you're uh, going with your... Like, with what a lot of people say, which is this the antenna idea. You're a receiver. You're of picking ideas. up signals. You're like SETI, but not for aliens, for yeah. ideas. And... Um, These uh, uh, search for extraterrestrial ideas. That's what you are. You're a satellite for that. And if you start getting... I mean, imagine SETI. Imagine someone at SETI doing chin-ups, and suddenly they get like some signal from a far star Mm. system, and he's like, I'm going to finish my workout before (sighs) I check out whether or not we're getting contacted by aliens. That's an asshole. If you're because the real question is where do your ideas come from exactly and if you're picking up whatever these creatures are and you've been blessed enough to get them yeah you should write them down you got to write them down it's kind of like i mean not that, i don't like you got to honor them honor them right yeah you got to act them.
1: on them i mean that's why people that think of the muse like the concept of the muse that's one of the more it's a productive way to think of it like uh, Pressfield writes about it, and Pressfield in the War of Art, and he's you know he's a very down to earth. He's not a he's not a silly man. He's a very down to earth person. But his perspective on the concept of the muse it is it's ve- it's very beneficial if you follow it because his perspective is essentially that you pay o- honor to this thing, you show up and you do the work like a professional, and then it responds in turn. It comes to you. Yeah. And then these are what it's like. The, uh, we think of an idea, even though it's one of the most important factors in the entire construction of civilization. But somehow or another, we don't think of it as that. We think of people being that. Yeah. And we are, because, but we, we're, we're being used by ideas. I know that sounds crazy. I really do. I know it sounds dumb too you are, you're coming up with these thoughts and we're thinking of them as like random connections that you're making in your brain, which might be, it might be that. But it also might be that ideas are like a life form from another dimension that's trying to manifest itself in our current realm. And they do so through getting into people's heads. And the more you call for them, the more they're there for you. And the more you show up, and you can call that the muse, you can call that whatever you want. Angels. Tesla believed it. Tesla believed some, he was getting signals from some other, some, oh, other, yeah. either some other planet or some other life forms. He had some weird shit that he wrote that's hard to decipher about what he... See if you can find that, because that's a very interesting thing, Jamie. See if you can find... What did Tesla... Like, Tesla had a take on receiving information from other galaxies. He had this take on where I, some, some of his uh, inventions were coming from. It's like, what? Or, or some, yeah. some of the transmissions that he would receive... I mean, God damn, It wouldn't it have been amazing to talk to that guy? Yes. Imagine having Nikola
0: Tesla on the podcast. Oh. Oh. Who knows, man? Maybe you still can one day. Maybe we can bring him back. Yeah, bring him back. Or, like, create an AI Tesla. I think a lot of people have that feeling, and some of them just don't come out of the closet, so to speak, with it because they're afraid they're going to get judged yes. or ostracized. I yeah. think a lot of people— feel like they have a direct con- contact with some kind of sentience that isn't embodied inside of them and it's giving them ideas and they're just terrified to put it out to the world because it sounds like you're fucking nuts.
1: His claims of receiving signals from outer space were proven right a century later. Ooh. During the summer of 1899, Tesla set up a field laboratory in Colorado Springs, Colorado to poss- to the possibilities of using high-altitude stations to transmit information and electric power over long distances. One July... This is not what not I'm talking about. This is about the signals, not like him getting... I, I went too quickly on that. Oh, okay. Where is the signals? This is like, like radio signals. Oh, that he was getting radio signals from other planets. After the
0: ruling out... I think this is about sending...
1: After stars. ruling out solar and terrestrial causes, he concluded the signals must be from another planet.
0: He had a seizure and had a vision, which is what... Like, that's a...
1: Yeah, well, here it says, oh, One July day while tracking lightning storms... Oh, so it was his actually equipment. His equipment picked up a series of beeps. After ruling out solar and terrestrial causes, he concluded the signals must be from another planet. The following Christmas, in response to the American Red Cross's request for a prediction of the greatest scientific achievement of the coming century, Tesla wrote, Brethren... We have a message from another world, unknown and remote. It, re- it reads 1, 2, 3. In 1996, scientists published, published a study replicating Tesla's experiment and showing that the signal was, in fact, caused by the moon low passing through right. Jupiter's magnetic field. Holy fuck. He was picking up a moon yeah. passing through Jupiter's magnetic field.
0: Yeah. But he had woo ideas, too, man. Oh, yeah, he was in love with a pigeon. He's in love with a pigeon. Not just that, though. He, like, I, I think he did think he was in contact with, like, some kind of sentient intelligence. Mm.
1: For sure. Why not? Why wouldn't you think? If you're that smart, imagine how smart he was in comparison to, like, a regular dope. Hey, mister, you want to buy a paper? You know, <laughs> those people <laughs> from back then. Some fucking dude <laughs> selling papers in the corner. And yeah. then the greatest genius the world's ever known up to that point. Yeah wandering around trying to figure out how to send electricity through the
0: sky. Maybe that's all intelligence is, though, man. It's like having the willingness to let yourself go crazy enough to believe you're not the creator of your ideas, to, to believe that you're an antenna. Maybe that's what makes a person intelligent. Maybe that's all it takes, That and discipline.
1: Well, yeah, the discipline to learn all the things that you need to know to be able to study and actually implement that technology. It's like Tesla was both things, he was a genius and he was probably some sort of a, a visionary in that way. Like yeah. he had, like Elon has, he had a, an extra large magnet for ideas.
0: Yeah, yeah. Dude. I think anyone can do that. How strong is this weed? Fucking strong, Pretty man, I'm idea, so good, glad. Right? Anytime you give me weed, I always forget <laughs> how strong it is. And every time I'm like, fuck <sighs> man, you gotta be careful.
1: We go high grade up in this pitch, son. <laughs> it's important to go high grade. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think is uh, What do you think is going to happen to us? Do you think we're going to get through this in uh, relatively short order, or do you think this is going to take five, six
0: months? How long do you think this is going to take? Oh god, damn these the lockdowns are crazy. Come back and haunt you.
1: Like San Francisco, the lockdown is crazy. Three weeks, twenty four hours, stay off the streets, don't go to work.
0: Yeah, man, I think we're probably going to look like. Listen, if you go, if you want to hear my like just instinct, which is definitely going to be wrong, I think it's going to go, it's going to get better much faster than we expect. I don't know why I think that. I have no reason to think that. If you go by what they're saying, we're looking at like months and months and months, I guess like if I have to choose between listening to my own stoned intuition regarding stuff, which fits into my desires which is i want it to blow over because i don't want people to get sick i don't want to mm. live in the apocalypse i have a son i don't want to run out of food i don't i want things to get back to normal i want to go around people yeah. but uh if you look at like unless we're living unless it's some vast ridiculous conspiracy i think we're looking at at least a couple of months man i mean this is and i'm going by not a conspiracy because i think that uh in because i i have a son now and if i listen to my own instincts when it comes to shit for my kid i'm going to be afraid to vaccinate him i'm going to be afraid to do things that like millions of scientific papers have shown is safe that's good for his health because i'm like going to get superstitious uh so i lean into science it saved my life you know science uh, kept cancer from spreading through my body and killing me I'm gonna trust the scientists right now and uh, self-isolate and try as much as possible to not spread this shit. And um, I think that that's even if it turns out to be a panic, a hysteria, whatever, at least you were part of the people who weren't fucking going out and skiing yes. during this fucking thing. So I think yeah. it's gonna go on longer. And I think while it goes on longer, if you have the ability to limit human contact and to avoid the p- superstitious part of yourself that I've got, two, that's looking at this and thinking, like, come on, really? Everybody I don't know anyone who's
1: sick. I don't know. I don't uh, uh. It's also a rejection from change, a re- rejection of change that you don't have any control over. Denial, you know, man. You deny that it's happening.
0: Because that's the easiest thing to do. If you deny that it's happening, you don't have to face the fear. And if you don't face the fear, well, then you put yourself in danger. But really... Probably, I don't know how old you are out there, but you really who you're putting in danger is somebody's granddad. Yes, that's the main thing is like, and people with diseases, people, people have with autoimmune disorders, disorders. yeah, and people keep, that yeah. are
1: compromised. there's a lot of us that are not that strong. We and you know, maybe some people are recovering from something, you know, like uh, talking to uh, Jonathan Ward yesterday, and his wife's recovering from cancer she's going through chemo. So like they they want to make sure she doesn't have to deal with any of this shit. Like yeah. not exposed to any of it. Those are the type of people we have to be really scared of. People that are compromised. Right. But this is, you know, this is a, a fucked up moment for us, but a learning moment. I really hope that this prepares us in case something really horrible comes down the pipe. And I think I hope it prepares us for understanding that this is a possibility. It, it le- lets us understand like, hey, we need to accept yeah. this this is this is how it goes. And if there's some new shit that comes on, let's act quicker and let's take care of this quicker. And, like, if everybody just had a two-week-off thing, like, you know, and this was something that uh, Dana White and uh, Frank Fertita were talking about uh, before anyone did it. Frank Fertitta told Dana White, he's like, why don't we just have everything shut down for two weeks? Just no one go to work, no one do anything, two weeks, stop the planes. And the way he ex- explained it to me was, like, he said, pull the Band-Aid off of it. I'm like, that is actually... Probably a really good idea. Well, guess what? Now that's being forced, mandatory, forced in certain cities yeah. where they've got bad outbreaks. If they had just done that, the moment it cut, the moment it cut loose, just no one goes anywhere for two weeks. Let's nip this fucking thing in the bud. Yeah. If that was really done, they're right. It really. W- I mean, if you could really get that to be implemented at a sure. scale of 350 million people,
0: amazing. But you,
1: you could, you definitely would have radically slowed down the pace. Yeah. We weren't ready. We weren't ready.
0: Well, now we know.
1: Yeah, I hope. I hope. I hope we learn. And I hope it doesn't morph. And I hope it doesn't get more deadly. And I hope, you know, they can figure out a way to allocate funds to get more respirators. And, you know, all that shit has to be done. And but you this, can make your
0: own hand sanitizer. Yeah, I
1: heard of that too. But you can just wash your hands with soap, too. Yeah. You know, so- soap apparently kills it.
0: What do you think are, like, the three things you should have at your house? You should have
1: food, you should have water or something that purifies water. Um, whether they're water for water purification tablets, they, you can buy iodine tablets. There's why that, where you think the city water
0: is going to get turned out? Anything
1: can happen. Anything can happen. You might need to drink water that you don't want to drink. Right. You know, that's possible. You might have to drink puddle water. I mean, look, the reality is if things go real bad, you might have to drink from a lake. Right. Okay. And that's what water is. You know, water, we we take water from various sources and they purify it and, you know, rainwater and all kinds of other shit. That's what we're drinking on a daily basis. We're drinking this weird processed water. Yeah. The water you're really supposed to be drinking is the stuff that comes right out of the ground. That's what you're supposed to be drinking. But if you get stuff that's biologically infected, you get stuff that, you know, animals have been in, it's animal waste, feces and stuff, or bacteria or diseases or anything you can purify that you can you could take these water tablets you drop them in there and it kills everything it torches the water so in cases of emergency um like backpackers they'll find out like an elk wallow and they can drink that water out of a fucking elk wallow really yeah there's a thing called a steripen is another thing they use yeah the steripen actually uses ultraviolet light let's say you have a water bottle you fill it up with like elk piss and you like wave your thing because you're trying to stay alive you're out there. If there's no water, like if you're on like a, a high country uh, desert mule deer hunt and you can't find any water, you got to take water wherever you can get it. Because you're not you're not bringing all your water up there if you're staying there for 12 days. You're hoping you could find creeks, and you might not find a creek. And if you do, it might be fucked up. There might be a dead animal in it. Uh. Like shit. Like something might have gone there to die and p- polluted the water, or beavers might have shit in it. Like you have to have something that kills all that stuff. So that's something that people should have. They should have. I think you should have some sort of a first aid kit, bandages, things like that, disinfectants, antibiotics, stuff like that. You should probably have something like that in case something goes wrong and someone gets hurt and there's no hospital available or there's no doctor or you have to wait in the morning before you can take someone to a doctor, whatever the fuck the the problem is. You should have that. You should have uh, batteries that you've charged, right? Like cell phone. Get some backup batteries. Charge those bitches, you know? If you have a generator, fantastic, but some people can't afford one, and they don't have the room for one, and they can't have one. It's not feasible if you live in an apartment building. Yeah. But having uh, charged batteries for phones is very important. Right. Food and water. Food and water are number one, right? You, you want to have dried foods, things like rice and pasta. You could store a lot of it. You could eat. It's high in calories. You can eat it, you know, you, and it doesn't, doesn't take up too much room. There's, you know, canned things you can keep forever. That's what you want. You want food that you could have... Like that you could keep you alive, you know? Well,
0: let me ask you this, man, because this is like something I've been talking to people and myself. I've experienced it a little bit. I don't know if you have. But what about those of us who are like kind of secretly freaking out right now?
1: man? Not so secretly.
0: Yeah. How do we like to me? That's like I think one of the big questions is, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine and he was like, man, I totally was losing my shit yesterday, man. And like I, I told him like, dude. Everybody. Me too, everybody. Yeah, but what like how how the fuck are we going to deal? It's just such a weird form of anxiety. I've never had this kind of anxiety before. It's
1: There's an invisible monster. Yeah. Invisible monster that wants to kill your grandma. Yeah. You know? Yeah, an invisible monster that kills upwards the the high levels like somewhere around 3% of the people, you yeah. know? And and with old people, it's even worse with uh, people over over 80 i think it's you know it's really deadly it's fucking scary man and what's scary is this is only one of many that could be coming our way right and that this happens every you know x amount of years or something last one was you know h1n1 and sars and this and that and there's always a new one and just the fucking flu man I didn't, you know, I didn't, until we were looking into this, I didn't know how many people the flu killed. Yeah. The flu can kill 90,000 people in America every year.
2: Yeah.
1: like I didn't know that. Did you know that? I knew that. So when they say this is 10 times more deadly than the flu, you're like, holy fuck, maybe 15 times more. Yeah. Holy fuck, that's a million people. That's a million plus. Yeah. That's scary. That's scary. That's scary. And then, you know, other really horrible diseases that have devastated populations those are possible too and new ones are possible
0: Joe I was asking how do we deal with the fucking anxiety now I'm feeling the You got to look at it
1: you got to look at it for what it is this is reality The way to deal with anxiety is to be prepared as best you can right. accept where you are and what you are and who you are and just live it it, it reprioritizes our values you know that's that's what's going to be good out of this Nothing nothing good ever comes from having it too easy right like for us i think our as a culture having it too easy was probably a little bit toxic to us like always eating junk food we're always eating sugar that's all we're eating it's it's okay to eat cake every now and then but you can't just live off cake well as a culture there's a lot of what we we're doing we're living off cake you know have you ever seen that werner herzog documentary happy people life in the taiga it's a great documentary about these really nomadic people that live in siberia and they're super happy and um they live in these log houses that they build themselves they show them building these houses they don't have enough mosquito repellent they have to make their own mosquito repellent with like tar and they, they grind it up and add stuff to it and then rub it all over their face and everything and they're super happy they live up in siberia dude it's so fucking cold it's only it's only summer for like three or four months It's only like nice out and then the rest is just bitter brutal cold where the winter freezes the river solid where you can ride a snowmobile over the river so they use the river like the highway and they all have dogs and they run around trapping and killing animals and living off the land and catching fish and living off the fish dude they're so happy. What's fucked up is these people are encountering life threatening adversity every day. If you stay outside, you will die. You will die just from exposure to the cold. It will kill you. It's 50 below zero outside. It will fucking kill you. And because of that, they're all like happy and smiling and laughing. And the documentary just shows like, it's weird. We're not, we're never happy like this in a collective group. Unless we're all living in this constant state of like alertness and consequences for inaction, like there's no lazy people there, man. Right. Everybody does their part. You have to, yeah. and they're all working and laughing, and they're all making their own canoes yeah. out of boat out of uh, uh, bo- uh, boards that they're chopping out of logs. They're hollowing out these canoes and stretching them out, and it's amazing, man. They're just always working and they're always happy. It's
0: so weird that's it that to me i think a lot of people don't even realize that you can work together with people not for money just to do stuff for community and how fun that is when you find yourself even you know my wife and i fucking moving and like unpacking boxes it's been like nonstop for the last like four days like and we've had to like you know it's there's something in it even though it's terrifying, that it really is joyful. And there's, is, is so like, feels more alive than I've yeah. felt in a long time. I think that's the thing we've got to tune into is that if nothing else, we're alive right now. Yeah. That's beautiful. And yeah, maybe this just, accent, maybe we can become like those people up there. I mean, I think that's one of the, anytime a fucked up thing happens to you personally, it's a chance. To become a bitter piece of shit or a little more angry or a little more tired or a little more depressed or to become a hero, anything, whatever it may be, any bit of phenomena that comes your way uh, as a person, you know, anytime I find like anytime something's really got to get done that I've been procrastinating or anytime some shitty unexpected thing comes my way, I have a a moment to decide, am I going to react to this? Like, I always react to shitty things and, like, become negative or dark or get pissed. Or can I, like, react to it in a completely new way? And I think every time you do a new way, this is my woo-woo concept, you pop into a different part of the multiverse. It's a little better than the one you were in before. And it's like a trajectory you can go on. Mm. When I was getting stoned at the gym at 4 a.m., I was imagining on the treadmill that I was running through the multiverse, Towards a healthier version of me that I wasn't getting in shape. I was actually being Inhaled into a more in shape version of me that already existed That's the kind of shit I have to do to get myself to work out dude. That's heavy. Yeah, man. It's a fun. It's fun to do that. (laughs) You know, every single decision is like a binary Do you want to continue doing the shit you've been doing over and over again? Whatever it may be or do you want to try a mildly new way and every time you do that? Sure as shit, it's not just you that starts changing. You'll notice like other stuff starts changing too mm. around you. You know, things just tend to generally get better.
1: Yeah. I think there's, there's thoughts that I've had that are real similar to that where I've wondered like if, if multiverses are real and they're supposed to be different versions of you infinite versions all over the universe why are we assuming that this is the same every day you wake up in the same version yeah why are we assuming that exactly the thing about sleep is you just go away then you come back with a memory of (laughs) what life was like before you went away and You wouldn't notice if it just slid you one notch to the right or one notch to the left into the multiverse. If there's an infinite number of Duncans out there with ghillie suits and gas masks on. Yeah. And you just slid over to the right by letting a little old lady in front of you and not even complaining when she was driving 30 miles an hour.
2: That's it.
1: You're like, it's all right. She's a nice lady. Let me just get around her nice and slow and safe. Yeah, that's it. Wave to her.
0: Hi. And the more you do that, the the, the more you do that, the more you start running into other people who are doing the same thing. Uh You start ending up in that part of the multiverse where many other people are doing the same thing. And eventually, you know, theoretically, I think eventually through those series of decisions, maybe that's where you can like that's where all of a sudden you start realizing like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. I'm in a temple. I'm not even in it in a reality that I thought I was in. I was just like in a deep state of contemplative meditation. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's all kinds of interesting experiments you can do. Have you ever heard the term pro-noia? It's the opposite of paranoia where you think the universe is conspiring to help you instead of (laughs) hurt you. (laughs) (laughs) That's brilliant. Yeah. Maybe
1: that's what we'll call our group. Pronoia. Pronoia. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, we needed a name. Then it just came to us. Pronoia. Sounds like a dope band. Yeah. Going to go see Pronoia at the Staples Center. (laughs) Pronoia. It's fun. If you
0: do that, if you really do imagine that every single thing that's happening in your life is a grand conspiracy. To help you. To advance you, to bring you, or, or, or another way to put it, do you ever listen, I love listening to Christian radio. This guy was talking about a thing called Convection. Which Ooh. is being inhaled into the Christ, so Ooh. when you start like like a black hole well I think like the a white hole, I guess it would be a black hole a gobbling up planets like you're the being Christ like is... drawn into this into the super intelligence <sighs> and you're becoming in, like you're being sort of Lifted up into it the thing that makes the fucking big green egg work like the thing that sucks smoke up that's Mm. happening to you Into the divine intelligence and as it happens you imagine you're the one doing the stuff to Get you closer to it, but really it's just your mind Playing tricks on you. You have no choice. You're gonna be you're gonna wake up You're gonna gain realization and and so as that's happening you kind of you know like you can quit something you can quit drinking You can quit smoking, but you kind of long for it. But then sometimes you notice you just stop doing shit that was bad for you because you found a better way to live and it naturally falls away.
2: Right. That's
0: convection. You're being drawn into the divine mind as as that happens. The shit that looks like austerity when you're like further away begins to actually just be a natural way that you act. You just become naturally more graceful, naturally less inclined to do shitty things, naturally more tuned in with like the 150 year old version of you, Ooh. you know, that that you sort of naturally. And that just happens on its own because you are being convected into the Christ, sucked into the to Omega the holy, point, the divine. Yeah.
1: Mm. We should probably leave on that. Should we end on that? Yeah. That's the perfect way to end, right?
0: Thanks, man. Thanks Thank you. for letting Dude, me come on your show. Almost 4:00. It's almost
1: four o'clock. What? How the fuck did that happen?
0: What the fuck?
1: Time warp, right? This was a total time warp episode. You and I always have the strangest episodes, man. We really do. They're I don't believe it's four. It's almost four. It's 346.
0: Normally, I would have had to piss like three times.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're evolving. <laughs>
0: Duncan and Trussell, tell everybody when your show is out. Thank you, Joe. Uh, April 20th on Netflix, The Midnight Gospel. You can follow The Midnight Gospel on Twitter and Instagram. And thanks, uh, Pendleton, for making the show with me. And thanks, y'all, for watching it. Thanks Dude, for letting me plug it on your pleasure. show, man. It
1: looks awesome. I can't wait to watch it. Looks, it looks so Duncan Trussell. Thank you, Joe. It's very you. All right. uh, We're going to keep on keeping on, folks. Stay healthy out there. Much love. Bye. Hare Krishna.
0: Woo. Damn.